beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome. On this feel-good Friday, June 16th, 2023, this sports program starts right now. Feel good! Friday, it's been a hell of a week. We've had a lot of conversations. We've got a chance to dabble in so many sports that we don't get to dabble in that much, and that's what the next couple months look like. And I am proud to say that last night until about 10, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I was watching golf at the edge of my seat. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a lie because it did get late. I went on the bed, but if I was on the bed, (laughs) proverbial edge of seat while watching these boys battle against the LACC. There had been 66,448 rounds in the PGA up to yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was only one score of a 62. Yesterday, two people shot 62 yep. at a U.S. What? Open where the USGA is trying to make the course the most difficult course of the year for all of the majors. The LACC has come out and said, we're okay with people going yep. low. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're okay with people. With- no problem. We still like the design of our course. We yep. think we've made a difficult course. Dustin Johnson just got a fucking eight. Yeah. yeah. Snowman yeah. Dustin Johnson. Just got an eight. He's still three under. That's how good he played yesterday. A lot of low scores yesterday. What would today do? Roy McElroy's been spraying it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooks yep. Kapka can get back in it still. Will Fowler and Shoffley be able to do what they were able to do yesterday? Everybody doubts it, but maybe there's a chance that at this stage, these two are just going to go and make the greatest U.S. Open score in the history of the U.S. Open. Or, or... There's going to be complete chaos on this fucking golf course. Oh, oh, yep. Next few days are about to be electrifying, so shout out to golf. Shout out to basketball having a parade yesterday. We'll certainly talk yep. about that. Mm-hmm. Shout out to football still making storylines, especially mm-hmm. with visits and conversations that are taking mm-hmm. place. We have Michael Lombardi joining us in 15 minutes. He'll be breaking it all down. We yes. have Marty Fish joining us in oh, the second half. Marty. Former number one tennis awesome. player in the world. Obviously one of the greatest golfers that the American Century Championship in Tahoe sees every single year. Has won that tournament before. Has been top five, I think, every single year he has gone there. Mm-hmm. He goes from tennis to golf in fantastic fashion, but there is quite a road from then till now, and it was all kind of I don't want to say all of it. Just, I don't know what they didn't. They showed us a lot Yeah, yeah. on the Untold Netflix documentary that actually we just watched before we came on here because we wanted to be reminded. It was a great watch. Crazy. I would put it into the repertoire for this yeah. weekend. After you hear from 115, you're probably going to want to watch it. Put himself through some shit with some mental health stuff. Yep. Like very, 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 very heavy. Had to withdraw from a from a, a, a match with Roger Federer that was being like highly publicized yeah. because in the car ride to the arena to play in the game, he was talking he was saying such terrible things about himself mentally. He had a full mental breakdown, pretty much. Couldn't Had to withdraw from it. It was obviously massive news. He's been through it all, seemingly, mentally. And on the other side of it, he's become this stupendous golfer. Yeah. So good. And golf is a sport that you can certainly get in your own head. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would like to know how the hell he was able to do from that style where he was mentally breaking down because of all the terrible things that could go wrong and he was only thinking about that and how he didn't deserve it and earn it and everything like that to a guy who's able to stand over a ball that's this fucking big Mm -hmm. with sweet spots is this big and absolutely murdered he is a great golfer that should be an inspirational conversation for sure but talking about the golf with the u.s open with him will also be fun because this guy's a real player you know since i got invited to the american century championship last year and i was doing the road to tahoe he quotes me to one of the videos and said like Come get it, bitch. Whoa, Marty. <laughs> yeah, so I really respect this guy. It's yeah. going to be the first time I get to talk to him. I can't wait for it. And then, you know, Marty, okay? Yeah, yeah. right. The then we have to. Marty Fish in the in the second hour. Third hour, McGee. What? <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. ESPN's Ryan McGee. 
Hell Come yeah. On. And that's because the College World Series is taking place. That's right. Course. Everybody's heading to Omaha. So Ron McGee's going to know what's going on over there at ESPN. So we got Lombo, Marty, and McGee. Wow. And what a we day. are going to have a hell of a feel-good Friday. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this beautiful afternoon or morning or evening, wherever the hell you watch from. We appreciate you. Also, some phone calls on the 5 Hour Energy phone line, 1-833-432-3663. one The Toxic Table's here on this feel-good Friday at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. One half of the hammer. Dad, Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Boys, U.S. Open's about awesome. to give us some real – I think it's going to be awesome. We, we had an eight already on this yep, field yeah. on Friday morning from a very good golfer, a man who was almost in the lead of this fucking tournament. He's still three under, which is absurd after putting up a quad bogey. Yeah. Uh-huh. They said it was almost hard for the professional golf announcers – to say it. Then they're seeing live. What was the score? That's a what's, what's quad that bogey. What's that mean? A quadruple bogey. Oh, what are we at a charity? Yeah, don't get that. Is this amateur? What is this? No, it's Dustin Johnson. And that's what the USGA yeah. loves to see, seemingly. But these players love this course. It sounds like. Yeah. So I mean, yesterday was awesome because you you had Shafley and Fowler and, and Scotty during the day that and they they were playing well. And then at night you had DJ and Rory came on and Wyndham Clark, and that was awesome to watch. And I saw, I think it was Emiliano Grillo, who won in a playoff, what was it, like three, four weeks ago? Um, he tweeted out last night, like, this is, the, and a lot of players are saying this, it's a perfect setup because if you're hitting well and you're playing well, you could score well and hit birdies. If you're not playing well, if you're a little bit off, you're in the rough, you're hitting bogeys. And I think... Quad. Yeah. A lot yeah, of them. You could quad. I think that's, I mean, as a fan, is it cool to see professionals struggle? Sure, but do I want the winning score to be minus two? I, I don't know. Like I kind of like how it is right now. Yeah, we don't mind success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so a good amount of success is good. Like, a lot of putts were falling yesterday. Mm-hmm. Seemed like the holes were getting bigger for guys yesterday. And they, the greens are impossible, but I think they're very consistent. So with how pinpoint these dudes are yeah. with their putters, there's a chance that we see some real magic out of the putters coming up this weekend as they learn more and more. But I think what we're going to see is as guys get a little bit more tired, yep. Ooh. get a little bit more worn down, mm-hmm. Not that these guys aren't in phenomenal shape. They are. Rory McIlroy's five foot four, completely ripped and drives the ball three hundred and fifty one yards. I yep. don't know. He's rolling in a fifty footer. Boom. So to my I mm-hmm. think they with how hard the greens are, they're all incredibly hard. So how consistent they are, the boys have kind of got it locked in. When I play at Tahoe and they have it set up like in a PGA green, I don't think it's USGA greens, but it's like PGA mm-hmm. greens yep. or whatever. Does that mean they're live greens on too? Whoa. Oh, oh that's one other question we'll find out. Yeah. Uh but it is it's scary. Standing over the ball on the green is a very scary thing because there's a chance if you just accidentally just hit it a little bit too much or too fat, it's going to roll off the fucking green actually into a sand trap. Like, that is going to happen. You golf it like some of these, uh, you know, other courses out and about that you get to get on because you don't make plans to golf. You just show up hoping that there's a space for you to golf, Mm -hmm. and then normally it's backed up or whatever. And with the amount of people that are playing on that course, the greens get pretty beat up. It's hard to keep it up to what it is. So, you you know, you got bumps in one hole. It's one way. The next hole, it's another way. These ones are all impossible, and they're all the exact same. Mm -hmm. So you get scared to death. You don't know how to read it power-wise, but with how good they are, they are able to fucking figure it out seemingly. And there's some names that I'm excited to watch. This Sam Bennett guy, the kid out of Texas A&M at the Masters who put on a hell of a performance while sleeping up in the, in a little, uh, like a double-sized bed up Mm -hmm. in the, the attic of the 
of Augusta National. That yeah, happened, I yes. guess. He puts on a performance. He goes back the next day. They all see the airport video of him coming back home. Mm-hmm. Our hero golfer has returned, and there's a big – he had to do, like, the Texas A&M Nationals, I believe, right after that. Mm-hmm. So he goes from playing Augusta National and the Masters against the pros and doing very well. Couldn't even imagine how much press uh, pressure and Oof. anything – just how exhausted probably mentally, oh, physically yeah. the mm-hmm. whole thing is. Then he goes down the National. Guy finishes top five, I guess, or number one, I think. He becomes a pro the next mm-hmm. week. Comes in 63rd. Then he came in 20th okay. at the Open in Canada. Now he's like top 10 or whatever. Yeah. This dude's a player. Oh, yeah. Dog. What if he's the next one? Could be. We have no idea if this guy's the next one. Had no idea he existed. We need to pay attention to college golf a little bit more and get mm-hmm. some scouting. Yeah. But it feels like we got some young fucking talent that are going to be able to carry for a couple generations. And like the live part of it, you mentioned with the live greens possibly. in DJ did just get a quad bogey. But having those guys in it, I think, mm-hmm. makes it much better, too, because eventually if they are still around each other towards the the top they're going to be you know playing together but with all the playoffs we've watched lately last night almost was a little taste of the playoffs and maybe that was because it was a primetime golf and that really doesn't happen that often but while I was watching it you know you mentioned standing over a putt it's like they're standing over a putt at a major event on the world's toughest course and there are so many people watching even more so 60 feet that yes. guy yesterday yeah absurd I don't know how they I don't know how these guys do it in a major the hole is this big yeah, yeah. The hole is this, and even whenever they're showing it there's so much green like mm-hmm. so, much. <laughs> so much green like whenever um you know like i hit a shank and i kick a ball out of a kick off out, <laughs> out of bounds or something like that you know i can't you know it's terrible because the other team gets the ball like the 40 or whatever mm-hmm. it's a that's worst case scenario if you're kicking a football you kick a ball out of bounds and then you just start like over analyzing it and you're like look at how much space mm-hmm. The ball could have went like I could have fucked up for yeah. fifty three and a third. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is so many fucking yards with how big it is to really be, do that. What a real! You look at that green. There's so much space that is not the hole, mm-hmm. and then that hole is just so fucking tiny. Yeah, and then these dudes are standing with sixty feet. That's two first downs. Yeah, yeah, two first downs away. Mm-hmm. Okay, two like six basketball hoops long. And they're rolling this fucking thing on glass. And then it's going like center. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. these dudes are wizards with this thing. And it feels like more and more guys have that. Mm-hmm. It feels like back in the day, it used to be like, oh, this guy's a really good putter. This guy's a really good putter. Now it's like Calm Smith out of Australia. He's a really good putter, right? Of course, yeah. He always gets it close. I don't think I've ever seen him do that. But then other guys just get over there and they're knocking down like 70 footers to fucking win a, a, a title like a week ago. It is, golf has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. It has been fascinating. And I appreciate the primetime golf to your point. Yeah. They had Phil Mickelson on a lot. You're talking about the live guys? Yes. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson, obviously all live guys. Mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson rocking the live logos. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, I think the it's he's getting sued for. DJ's for Oh, races. the high flyers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil is getting sued? Yeah. Exact same like, logo as a. Yeah, like Argentinian like soccer company or something. They're like, yeah, we've been using that for 20 years. It's so insane. Phil's not getting sued. No, because uh, Phil is, is I believe, the defendant in the lawsuit, yes. So not Liv. Oh. No, Phil, Phil Mickelson is getting Because yeah, he's the captain sued. of the team. Liv Golf Mickelson's team sued for infringement on logo. It is a sick logo. It I is. Just, they only have like $650 billion. <laughs> if, um, if my logo was being kind of snatched... By somebody who has six hundred and fifty billion dollars, yep, yep, yep. I think I'd be like, "Hey, let's uh, reach a settlement. Yeah. We can uh, we can figure this thing out. <laughs> yeah, I just cool. really like it. You mm-hmm. know, Phil's wearing it everywhere." But my wife said, "That's the the live logo, right?" And I'm like, "Whoa, hold on! Is this just becoming like natural, you know, conversation about what golf is?" Now, granted, my wife has to 
you know, listen to me talk and watch what I talk. Mm-hmm. And I think she pays attention to most of these shows. So she's dialed in, but she's not like the biggest golf fan. Mm-hmm. I, like when I'm watching golf, she's not necessarily pumped. You know yeah, I mean? sure, sure. That is not something that she absolutely loves. But she said, like, hey, that's a live thing. And it's like, yeah, that's in a major on NBC in prime time. Uh-huh. And Phil is rocking it on his hat, on his chest. I think Dustin Johnson even has it on his goddamn shoes. He does, yeah, yeah. The four aces. So they have, like, the logos everywhere because, obviously, that's how Nike takes off. Mm-hmm. When Tiger Woods goes on that run. And then the red Nike shirts sell out, like, boom. Oh, yeah. And Nike golf goes forever. There's some stuff that you put on those golfers because it's a – I mean, that's an isolated, that's an ISO, however many millions of people are watching. Mm-hmm. And then you do something good, clipped, sent out however many million views it gets. It is great marketing. There are NASCARs yeah. out there yeah. that can really have influence in the live logos being in all these things. I think it's going to expedite the whole process of getting to know the live shit a little bit more. I don't know what the end game is for the live and the PGA uh-huh. thing merger, but it feels like them working together at all. Live people are like, yeah, yeah, we're working together. PGA people are like, no, 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 no. But the crowd, we all heard, hey, merger, you sold out. Yeah, yeah. So we all just kind of piece them together. I think ultimately, Live is going to be the biggest beneficiary of this entire thing. And I would assume their events are going to get a TV deal quick. Mm-hmm. And I assume they're yeah. going to get heightened. Oh, yeah. And the prize pools are only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. I think it's only a matter of time for that all starts cooking. Speaking Which is lo- good for us. Is I think more... Yeah. More golf content, the better. Hundred percent. Speaking of logos, I didn't realize it. I, I don't think until the Masters, um, Brooks doesn't have any live logos on there, and I, it's because he's a Nike athlete. And when, when you're Nike, you can only have the Nike swoosh on you. I was wondering how Live felt about that as their number one golfer right now, who's out there. So he negotiated that going in. Had to have, right? Yeah, so that was uh, the last Masters. It kind of came out that he negotiated that going in. And Dustin Johnson has a tailor-made hat on. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he negotiated hat, yeah, yeah. which I assume they have – I would assume that there is a price card. Yeah, clause. No, no. Well, yes, certainly that. But a price card for how much this costs on every golfer. Yeah. How much the bottom of the bill costs. How much just a little thing on the on the collar costs. Uh, Chest. How yep. much does that cost? Mm-hmm. Uh, on side the of that. What do you think is the most expensive part? Probably chest and hat. Yeah. I, I yeah, assume more in videos, like with the swing. I'd assume this one right here, this combo. Yep, for sure. This this combo right here for sure not a lot probably a pretty good amount. I don't even realize. I don't know how I didn't realize, but until that happened, that when you look at all the Nike golfers, they don't they only have Nike on them. Oh, they yeah. don't Very have, clean. They yeah. don't have KPMG. They don't have like they only have Nike. That's right? like Sam Bennett. I was trying to look at his what all his was. His hat is a company I had never heard of a company, but shout out to them getting there. And I, my immediate thought was like, we should put a. What? We should put a little thing. Yeah, we should get something. Yeah, Suncast. I don't yep. know what it is. They're handling business though. Then Veritex Bank. Then some clothing line. I'd assume that has the surfboard there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what's the fleet one over there? And then Ping's involved. Uh-huh. Good for Sam. Good business, buddy. Yeah, well, smart. Good luck out there. Well, Suncast right there. Prime's position. I mean, raise the bar for outdoor entertaining. It worked, by the oh. way. Suncast. Look, there you yeah. go. give them more money. Here we are. Give them more money. We saw it. We're looking at your website now. Sweet That's bar. good business. Let's that, keep paying that kid. That is a sweet bar, too. They got some good products. Yeah, I fucking need to use some <laughs> shit. maybe. I mean, what are we? <laughs> hey, shout out. This kid, Sam Bennett, never misses. Yeah. Nope. This guy he brought knows. a great product. He knows. Look what he just brought into our lives. Just an absolutely incredible <laughs> yeah. thing. Anyways, good business. We just did it. Yeah. yeah. So give the kid more money. Exactly. Give him all the money. Go well, ahead, Connor. Well, Nike, too. I don't know if they're the first you know, brand to do this, but having the logo on the back, 
because yeah. the camera is usually following guys walking up to 18 or 17 or whatever it is. Because I think Brooks during the Masters was the first time I've ever seen it just because it was so prominent there because no one else has stuff on the back of their collared shirts except for Nike, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, you're trying to get like an exclusivity deal, I, I assume, with everybody. The reason why Sam has 10 of them and yeah, yeah. you know others do not is because it's like we're earning it. We're doing ad reads still. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. We got promo links and codes that are being tracked on how much they make, you know, the beginning of the old podcast business because that is literally how it is. Use our link right now, and then that link is actually like going to decide whether or not this company wants to stick Continue around. Goes in. To invest. Yeah. yeah, That's a real thing. For this one, Suncast, it just worked, right? Yeah, that's right. Get the whole, get the whole kit. The whole backyard entertainment one. set. No, not only that, but get the whole kit. <laughs> Put the fucking backdoor entertainment just right here on his chest. It's right? good idea. Yeah. Let's do a little bit more money. You got the hat already. Go ahead and put it on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Just put an entire gazebo. Mm-hmm. Put an entire gazebo. You his golf bag just a bar now? Come on, get in yes. there. Let's do it. Let's I mean, get, this, get some more money, bro. He yeah. finished his top ten this week, too. Two majors. I have a feeling we might be seeing, you know, Nike or Under Armour. No, no. Suncast is going to come. <laughs> yeah. They better because they, day one. they're going to have to pay up. Dude, the shirt, Suncast, okay, so you tuck in, yeah. put the thing, mm-hmm. then just like a fence all the way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coming off the thing. You full know I mean? patio, center of the back maybe with people, yep. you know, having a good time at the bar. Yeah, and then the vibes, like the smokes go up in the club. Yeah, grill. Yep. Grill yeah. on the we right side. We might have to dump this. This is like a million dollar idea. Yeah, Suncast, let's go, bro. Yeah. What do we say? Unload the money into Sam Bennett. Don't miss this opportunity. And we need different, obviously we need a new outfit every fucking day. That's mm-hmm. right. Different so let's colors. not just get lazy on uh, the fence around here. Let's think of some more concepts mm-hmm. as well. Different types of parties on the back. I mean, you could have a birthday party maybe for a friend of yours or you could have you know a nice little barbecue cookout like we were just mentioning they can do anything yeah and what if it's like a a book club you know sure in the backyard boom bingo little fire pit with a Mm -hmm. round thing watch people with their sandals up on there Mm -hmm. books open who says no yeah book club by sun let's go suncast come on suncast don't let this moment pass uh speaking of letting moments pass i do believe we are about to have a guest on that'll have a lot of information about a lot of the shit that's being talked about in the NFL at this exact moment. Yep. Obviously, big conversation pieces are D-Hop, where the hell he's going. Mm-hmm. He was in New England, clearly, obviously. Mm-hmm. That has been documented, and he has left New England without a deal. Now, reports are saying that they sat one-on-one at the end of the visit to kind of lay out how things could look, and then whenever D-Hop leaves, they're both going to assess the situation and move forward. Allegedly, this is what's being reported. Now, there was some thoughts and concerns if he gets out of the building without a deal. That might mean that either one of them was uh, kind of hesitant and didn't want to get it done. But Ian Rappaport told us, and nah, that's just kind of how it goes these days. People go into the Tennessee Titans building, D-Hop. He leaves to go up to New England. Completely expected. Yep. Let the guy out of the building. Let him take it in. Digest it a little bit. And then make the right decision for him. We'll make the right decision for us. Back in the day, it was you get the guy in the building, don't fucking let him out if you really want him. Mm-hmm. Now it's a little bit different. Apparently, says Ian Rappaport. So he goes to New England. He leaves New England, just like he did with Tennessee. Where's he headed? What's he going to end up doing? Is New England the right fit for him? Mm. We do not know. How about this morning on Craig Carton Live? Yep. Craig Carton yep. said that he has a source that has told him that Aaron Rodgers had an offer from New England, and his agent said... He said, uh, no, we ain't playing for New England. We want to be a Jet. So this is uh, this is the audio or the video? Video. Oh, we'll get a strike for this. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll get a strike for the Fox... Fox is actually taking our stuff, our stuff, yep, mm-hmm. our stuff, run it on their shows, 
posted on YouTube, took down our shows. Yeah. Strike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. With our video from their show, their show. Yep. that they pulled numerous times. Several times. So, numerous times. Like, yeah. Got to the point where we're like, hey, we can't give you... You guys are trying to kill our fucking business every yeah. time mm -hmm. you take our yep. stuff. So, like, can't happen. So I don't think we should run it. But he said, what was his exact quote again? He said, uh, no, we ain't playing for New England. We want to be a Jet. So. That's direct quote. Now, Craig Card might have been souping it up a little bit. Sure. He might have been. been dressing it up a little bit, which I appreciate and I respect. Joining us now is a man who used to be a consultant for mm -hmm. the New England Patriots. He is a man who is an author. He's a man who's a speaker. What? He's a man who's a podcast what? host. What? He's a man who's a live show host. What? He's a man who's an email newsletter writer. Why? This guy does it all in an incredible fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, Paisano, Michael Lombardi. Yeah! Lomba, how you doing? doing? Happy hey. Father's Day weekend, gentlemen. Happy, how are we doing? Happy Father's Day weekend to you as well. Let's just dive into a couple of the things happening around the New England Patriots, and I'm excited to get kind of your thoughts on it. We'll talk about D-Hop, but first let's address something that came out of Craig Carton Live this morning on Fox Sports. He said to a panel that had... Uh, uh, James Jones. James Jones, obviously former wide receiver. Also, uh, oh, Cody Decker. Yes. Decker, yeah. And... Uh, was Mitch Richmond on there, too? I don't know. Good show. A lot of energy. We enjoy it. We have it on. He said that Aaron Rodgers had an offer from New England Patriots, and his agent said, nah, we ain't playing for the Patriots or something of that nature. Do you think that would be an accurate depiction of what took place between New England and Aaron? Because this feels like a brand new piece of news that if Aaron did come on our show, and say that my decision's been made long ago, my intentions are to play it for the Jets. Mm -hmm. If he was saying that because there was potentially other places we had not heard about making offers, that would be a rather large piece of news, I think, for this whole story. Do you think New England was potentially in on Aaron? And what are your thoughts on that? I don't get the sense New England was in on Aaron. I think certainly they have great respect for Aaron, you know, as a player. But I don't think at that point, I think New England was going through the offseason of what were they going to do with their offense? How could they make Mac Jones better and try to clear up the problems that they went through last year in terms of coordinating the offense? I think once that season ended, it became more of a scheme reality than a coaching reality. And, you know, Dave Dunn, who represents uh, – who represents Aaron Rodgers, also represent, represented Drew Bledsoe at the Raiders, at the, excuse me, at the Patriots at one time. So, you know, I don't know what his relationship is within that building. Certainly he has a lot of say in terms of what teams could be interested. But I don't think on the timeline that that would be conducive to where the Patriots were going. I mean, if you're interested in Aaron Rodgers, then I think you're also interested in other quarterbacks. And that wasn't the case or what the evidence supports after Rodgers was already available. Okay, so we'll just continue to listen ear to the ground for that whole situation, sure. even though it appears that you would probably be the ear to the ground right. in that situation. Speaking of... Well, let, let's say this. I kind of have a sense of what they're thinking. Uh, you know, let's just say... And, and I know the man uh, that is responsible for most of the decisions, and I think you have to look at past performance and understand what he would do you know, at, at that. Now, if this doesn't work this year and Mac doesn't improve, 
Could that could something like that happen at a quarterback level? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, I'm excited to hear what that could have been. Maybe there was interest. They looked into it and something. Something had to be said for that to all kind of take place. We'll keep an eye on it. Speaking of boots on the ground or ear to the ground in a the city, there was boots on the ground in New England by DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, ah, yeah, D Hop went up to New England. Now he went to Tennessee. He saw Tim McGraw. Yep. He was in a sprinter van with his uh, his jersey. Yep. Welcomed him to town. Cool. Him and Vrabel put boxing gloves on and punch each other in the face. Yep. It was just like a great trip. He gets out of that building. I go, whoa, whoa, let a guy out of the building. What does that mean? Then all of a sudden he's going up to New England. He gets out of that building as well, even though him and Bill Belichick reportedly met one-on-one at the end of the visit. Well, I would assume he would meet one-on-one with Bill Belichick, but that was kind of stated that they probably laid out expectations, and we don't know if he has any other visits. What do you think happened with D-Hop going to New England, and is it normal for guys to get out of the building and just kind of reassess after a visit in this particular type of situation? Well, we know this. Everybody's on vacation, so there's no urgency on D. Hopkins' part. I do know this. He, he's looking for a contract similar to what Odell Beckham got, which is $15 million with the potential to go to $17 million if he hits some incentives on a one-year deal. Will he take less? I don't know. I think that's partly the reason why he left Tennessee. I know Tennessee wined and dined him, Pat. They did a tremendous job. Hell yeah. Oh, if you're wine and dining somebody, don't fly them on co- uh, on Southwest. You know, I think you got to put them on a first. Whoa! Ooh, you know? that, so that, that, that could set the visit off on the wrong foot, if you will. Nothing against Southwest. I, look, I fly it all. <laughs> no, there's a lot against Southwest. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot good. But for if Southwest you're too. flying, if you're recruiting, I would not do that. Put that in a note. Make sure you make that. Uh, as for New England, you know, New England signed Smith Schuster. They got an inside. They signed Gasecki. I think D Hop at this point in his career is really suited for the inside receiver role. You know, this is a guy who's going to get you 61st downs a year. He's never going to take the top off the defense. He's always covered, but he's got incredible eye hand coordination. He's got incredible balance, and he catches the ball. I think the issue is will he practice? Can he practice? What is his health like? And what does it do to the team? And then you add in the contract. I think this is going to take some thought before it happens. I think, you know, uh, most of the time that I've been around the league, when players go on visits in airplanes and visit teams, they're looking at their market. You know, Dalvin Cook hasn't taken a visit. And my understanding is he believes he'll make a $9 million a year, two-year deal at $18 million. Where? I don't know. But he thinks he has that, or at least his agent thinks he has that. So for me, the only time you take trips is when you're trying to drum up interest. Okay, so drum up interest, let other people know that potentially you are looking around. Both those teams, though, have history with D-Hop, which I found was interesting. You know, obviously Bill O'Brien, a little tea kettle. Yep. Yeah, tea, tea kettle <laughs> Bill. Mm-hmm. Tea kettle uh, Bill O'Brien, you know. And obviously there was a lot of stories out of Houston when Bill O'Brien, how you doing, when Bill O'Brien was – uh, the GM, the head coach, the offensive yep. coordinator, the lead counsel, right. the PR, the publicity, the publi- uh, I think he was the publicist yeah. as well. Yeah, he had publicist. He, the only thing he wasn't was the FCA advisor because that was uh, Jack, Jack Easterby. Easterby. Yeah, so, you know, Bill O'Brien <laughs> had every job and there was obviously potential, a lot of bullshit. He is a part of New England. They bring in D-Hop. Mike Vrabel coached D-Hop down in Houston. They bring him in. So, you know, when you said, will he practice, can he practice? I know that was a narrative, but it seems like guys that have been around him are the only ones really bringing him in at this stage. Do you think that's a real conversation that's taking place, though? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of people trying to uncover what is true and what's perception and what's reality, right? Like, what are we dealing with here if we tie him? And what does this look like if we sign him for our football team? Look, he's going to help a lot of teams. There's no question. He's going to get first downs. And he's typically very good in the end zone. I mean, over his career, Pat, he's averaged 12. Every time he scored. Holy uh, shit. Is everything okay? You tell us. No, I think we're good. No, I think we're good. <laughs> he averages every 12 catches, he averages a touchdown, which is fairly good, right? Yeah. But I think it's got to be the right role and in the right situation. I, I think if Tennessee, which they could use them. Look, Tennessee's going to run the ball. Here's an interesting thing about Tennessee. Tennessee has not done anything with Ryan Tannehill's contract. He has a huge paragraph five, I think $25 million. If you were looking to create cap room, that would be the first guy you go to. What's paragraph have, five? What's that mean? What's that mean? That's your base salary, okay? So what often happens is when you want to lower a guy's cap number, you see he has $10 million or $15 million that he's going to earn during the season. You guarantee that and you, you divide that out, and that lowers the player's cap number. That's when players get their, cap, their contract guaranteed is because their paragraph five can lower it to allow more cap room. Tennessee has not done that with Tannehill, which tells us that they're probably going to look for a quarterback next year, whether it's Will Levis or someone else. So I think, to me, what they need to do is try to enhance their receiving core. They're still going to run the football. Uh, the Spears kid from Tulane's outstanding to go along with Henry. Their offensive line should be better. I would not count out the Titans. I mean, they're a good defensive team, and Vrabel's a great coach. If they got Hopkins, that would help them a lot. Yeah, especially after losing A.J. Brown in the way that they did. You know, new GM, you, you know humans are the ones making these decisions, and humans have egos, emotions, pettiness, everything. Mm -hmm. That's who, awesome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fucking awesome. That That's how Patrick Mahomes handled that. But new GM, right? If you remember old GM... What we all think potentially was the kind of beginning of the end there is draft night when they trade A.J. Brown, and Mike Vrabel actually goes, this motherfucker. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, actually, you remember that? That's, that was his actual, and then he takes goes to the back of the room, mm -hmm. and it's like we're watching Big Brother all this, yeah, yeah. and he forgets he's on a reality <laughs> TV show, and all of a sudden he remembers, and there's like a full, okay, right. then I'm going to go <laughs> sit back down, and then obviously that GM's fired Vrabel's still in town. Yep. Okay. New GM, like, all right, well, how do I make up for that? Bring in another weapon. It feels like could help them. And with humans involved, seems like a move they could make. But he saw Tim McGraw and he still left town. That's, That's right. right. So, no one does that. You tell <laughs> me. That tells you it's all about money, right? It's all about the green stuff. You know, when when a guy comes in Damn, and everything's going good, you know, it's got the, the contract. That's why guys don't take visits anymore. When we first started free agency in 1994, everybody was taking visits. There were limos that looked like a recruiting weekend at Penn State. Now they're not doing, you know, now uh, it's all phone calls and making deals. All right, Connor has a question for you. I'm not, we're not because you, I want to let you know what you did there, Lombo, though. You really won't like this yeah. whenever you said Penn State at all the schools that could have yeah. been. When you said Penn State like that, boy, you re we almost all came in. Yep. Uh, we almost. Anyway, Connor has a You know, like a year ago, we probably spend yep. a good 20 to 30 minutes right now 100%. on what you just said. But your brain's too good and there's sure. too much shit we have to talk about on this Friday to wrap up this week. Penn State, though, was an aggressive decision. Yeah. AQ Shipley's watching right now thinking to himself, can we move on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can we move on, and please? 
Nice. Not to mention the professor that was sent into the group chat recently, but again, not the point. Oh, you, oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, just They're happened. stacking things. Yeah, they are. They so, are. like, you didn't even know this, but, like, Penn State is just stacking stuff mm-hmm. for whenever you say something like that for us <laughs> just to come in and be like, Mama. oh, happy I'm, Valley. I'm sorry. I could have put another school on. I'm sorry. This is up the top. I see the Penn State flags here in Ocean City all the time. It was on the top of my Jeez. brain. Okay, yeah, how could you not? I mean, there's yeah. a lot of Penn Staters out there in Jersey, and we respect that. Yeah. Anyways, Connor has a question for you. Yeah, Lombo, you mentioned the D-Hop one-year deal similar to OBJ. Is that a selling point with Bill? Because it feels like very rarely does Bill bring in top talent and only sign him to a one-year deal. The last one I can think of was Revis in 2014. Is that something that might be the issue here and why they can't get a deal done? Because Bill wants him for multiple years. No, I think it's a lot about the relationship in terms of what it's going to look like. As you know, How does he go to... To, to Smith Schuster and say, hey, I paid you this, but I'm going to triple this guy's salary. I, I think a lot of it is within the confines of his salary cap and how that affects it. They do have a ton of money next year. They will be one of the teams in the National Football League with a lot of cap room going into the 24-24 season. Yeah. So they could borrow some of that cap room today and use it if they wanted to. But I think this is more about, you know, is that worth it? You know, it, you know, the Beckham contract doesn't mean it's right. You don't have to copy that. Is that the right deal? You know, and I think time will declare the market. And that's what usually happens is water seeks its level and the value of the player will find its level over time. And the cream rises to the top. Um, (laughs) I absolutely love that normally all of this shit is about contracts. And then a situation pops up in Western New York this week. Todd, go ahead, pal. Yeah, Lombo, we were talking all about it early in the week, the whole Stefan Diggs situation where, you know, early it really got blown out of proportion. Oh, this is this is terrible. We don't know why he's here. Next day he shows up for camp, and it was kind of a, a non-story, no issue whatsoever. But uh, putting your GM hat on, like what do you think was at the center of this whole thing? Why do you think Diggs was so pissed off? And do you think this is something that's going to kind of bubble and fester for a while here? You know, I think they have a lot of things going on. Let's go back to Leslie Frazier's departure, the defensive coordinator, right? You know, Sean McDermott wants to call the defensive plays, and Leslie Frazier was in charge of that. Now, let's even go further back. 13 seconds in Kansas City, McDermott took over the play calls on that drive that resulted in a field goal. That didn't sit well with Leslie. The next year, he kept calling the defense, but this year, McDermott wants to call the defense. And Leslie, for whatever reason, he said, no, look, that was the agreement we had. So he decided to leave and take a sabbatical. And so I think there's a little bit of an undercurrent there. Hey, have you said this publicly before, what you just said there? I said it on my podcast. Yeah, I said it on my podcast on, on the GM Shuffle. I said it on uh, what day? I never. I think Thursday. I think I said it yesterday or Friday or Monday. I, I forget. I, I lose sight of the days. Yeah, I mean but a I lot of different it, days that potentially said it there with a lot of different time. That's first time. I'm that's breaking news. That's why I put it on the ticker. True. Well, so I think there's some internal combustion going on within that building. And then you know, for me, hmm. I initially wow. thought, is this the contract? Right. Is this a contract with Diggs? And I was like, no, 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 it's not. He just had his contract redone. He's still in the top five paid receivers in the league. It has to be related to scheme and usage and what they want to do offensively. So they draft Dalton Kincaid, 
All right, he's a really good player. They traded up to get him. I think he's an outstanding tight end. He can play slot receiver as well. Are they going to become more of a 12 team instead of an 11 team, which they were the last two seasons, which is one back, two tight ends as opposed to one back, one tight end? And I think that has to be the conversation. Maybe it's something related to Dorsey. You know, maybe he and Dorsey can't see eye to eye. Again, speculation. I don't know. Dorsey seems like a very temperamental guy. Go back to the. Oh, <laughs> you know, when he almost destroyed that press box up there. <laughs> uh, remember, I mean, I, I'm speculating here. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. Yeah. I am saying what's true, but there seems to be a lot going on. Let me add one more thing in before you ask another question. Yeah, the sports book. You know, the sports books have, have Buffalo at 10 and a half wins, which to me seems low based on their success the last two years. So what is actually going on? Cole Beasley, huh. you know, was uh, yeah. he became a big-time weapon for them there late. He gets mm-hmm. added in there. He just put out a tweet. I don't know if you saw that, oh, complimenting yeah. Dak. And everybody automatically just assumed, the, the entire internet, Cowboys fans saw us like, that's right, that's our guy. Mm-hmm. And everybody else was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's he saying about everybody else he's played with? Yeah. Not just one particular person. But Josh Allen publicly owning whatever responsibility he was a part of, the Stephon Diggs situation, and then them getting back together the next day with the whole thing. I feel like it was a situation that certainly was brewing for a long time, is settled. And I think McDermott's going to be a guy that enjoys hearing that people doubt them. You know what I mean? Feels like he mm-hmm. he's an ex-wrestler. Yep. Yep. Things have almost been too yeah. sweet, I assume, yeah. Yeah. in his eyes, even though right. they went through so much shit last year. I'm excited but, to see but I think Go ahead. This, will be, this will be an interesting year for McDermott because he's not only going to call the defense, he's also the head coach. So he's going to take on two jobs. I think that's going to be fascinating how he responds to that. Yeah, you said we don't need we don't need head coaches with their heads in the play sheet. Mm-hmm. Don't need that. You, you're not a big, right. you're not the biggest yeah. fan of that whole move. Tone has a question for you, Paisan. Well, but we've kind of been talking about where Burrow and Herbert fall. Um, do you think Burrow gets more than Hertz and Lamar, and then uh, Herbert kind of falls like above Kyler and below those guys? Where do you think uh, those guys fall as far as contracts are concerned? I think knowing Joe Burrow and the kind of guy, I think he's going to do a deal that is cap friendly like Jalen Hurts did, like Patrick Mahomes did to his team. I think he sees, I thought his answer the other day when they asked him who the best player quarterback in the league was, and he said, it's still Mahomes. It always will be Mahomes until we beat him. I think that was a great answer because it's about winning. It's really ultimately about winning. Yeah. I think he has that winning gene in him. And so, yes, he's going to make a ton of money, but he also has to set up – he also knows he needs Jamar Chase under contract for a long term. So there's got to be room there. I, I think, you know, Herbert had that – they asked Herbert the other day. I thought this was interesting. They asked him if he was going to have a sit-in this summer, and he didn't say no to it. Ah, Lombo, he did, though. Mm-hmm. He, he, he ended his statement with – we actually watched a video yesterday, and I guess he's been asked about this, like – the entire spring and he's been real super above it pretty much just like off 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 like not handling like it's all going to get worked out if you listen to his full answer after the pre uh i don't know who it was in the media says are you considering a holding or whatever his answer is pretty much like here's a thousand reasons why i wouldn't do that yep. and then he ended it with i guess we'll see though and it was <laughs> like the way the way he said i guess we'll see was almost like uh like he was done at, at like he was kind of sick of fucking having to answer mm-hmm. yeah. that question because it's a big deal though. Like the quarterback salary right. 
It, that, that covers everything else going on. And it's like sometimes you have to do that to get a deal done, though. You know, like Herbert might have to do a hold-in, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be a guy that will ever do that. But the Chargers have had that happen in their history. So it's, uh, it's interesting. It is very fucking interesting right now in the, the whole quarterback market because if Joey Burrow was to take a, a team-friendly salary cap deal and then he goes on to win, you know, multiple Super Bowls in Cincinnati – his value for the rest of his life is going to be absurd. Huge. Tom Brady, right? He was never the highest, never ever the highest. Right. He, he was picked 199, so a little different starting point whenever it comes to negotiation. Mm -hmm. That kind of changes how things go. But nonetheless, career long enough, enough contracts to kind of do it. And Bill Belichick forced him to do it. Tom Brady accepted it. Good teammate. But he's he's now an owner of the fucking Raiders. You know, like yeah. he uh, everything he does is going to be worth so much money because he won. So it's almost like a zoomed in, we can get this amount of money right now, or zoom out. Out a little bit we can fucking win and be billionaires probably mm -hmm. in the end i hope that i think that's going to start coming around more with how entrepreneurial this younger generation is Bison. yeah i think so and, and answer digs this question i think herbert i mean look herbert to me is it, one of the things about these contracts with players at this level they're not hard to do in terms of what the number is they're more difficult in terms of the spread and the guarantee and i fully expect those guys to get contracts done and I fully expect them to have – to keep moving the market up because that's what happens. People say, why is the running back market not taken off, right? Why is they? Why is Saquon Barkley's franchise just $10 million, right? Well, the reason is running backs have a hard time getting to the second contract. And when you get to a second contract, you build off of some huge numbers, and that numbers escalate. It isn't because the owner said we don't want to pay running backs and the number's lower. The number of running back is by the pool of what being signed. And running backs typically don't get the second contracts or big second contracts. So to me, this number that quarterback will continue to go up because these guys are going to get second and third contracts. Yeah, and they've got massive amounts of money. Let's talk about the running backs because the other day Jonathan Taylor had to talk about a situation that he's kind of staring down, which is a contract extension or a new contract. And he's watching what's taking place with Saquon, who's obviously not happy they have until July 17th, and watching what happened with Dalvin Cook, who's still a free agent, who you think his agent at least thinks they got a deal done. That's why they're not kind of drumming up interest with taking any visits. They have a team or numerous teams that are interested in how that whole thing's going to go. You got Zeke out there yep. as well, and people are saying Zeke is no longer a good football player. Okay, whatever the case is. Now we got J.K. Dobbins talking out of Baltimore. I think he has a deal with a local news station in Baltimore where he probably does a weekly segment and some other stuff. So he did this interview with this local news, and this was his answer about his kind of contract situation and where it stands with Baltimore Ravens right now. The, the thing I can say is I would love to be a Baltimore Raven for the rest of my career. I would love to, because I love the city. I love the people. It feels like family here. Like, it feels like home here, my second home. You know, and um, I hope that happens. <laughs> I hope that happens. You're a football player. Here we go. But you have wide-ranging interests and abilities. And in many ways... You have to be a businessman. Mm -hmm. Do you like the business side of what you do, or is it hard? The business side is very hard. It's very different. It's it's different, but um, it's part of it. It's part of the dream, and it's something that I'm blessed with to to deal with the business side of that. You know, you saw with Lamar. It's always. It's never. It's never just roses and daisies. It can be hard at times. You know, and 
it's it's business though. So it's it's part of the dream though. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't have to deal with this. I get to deal with this. I very much understand that. And it does appear as if he has a great relationship with not only CBS News Baltimore there, but the city of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And when he's healthy, he is an absolute guy. But now every running back in the league watching this all happen is staring down an inevitable potential disappointment when they're a free agent no matter what happens. Do you think that changes? Do you think there's like a cyclical cyclicality? Is there a cyclicality to this? Nice. You think in, in how this is all treated? Paisan? No, I, I think it's a lot of economics, right? Supply and demand. There's a lot of good backs, right? So let's go through it. You know, McCaffrey got his big deal, and he's a weapon. You know, catches the ball in the backfield. He's got an average per passing attempt. And Zeke got his big contract, and he, they never maximized his ability in the passing game. Kamara's at $11 million. Aaron Jones took a pay cut to go to $11 million to stay with the Packers. So, you know, and Saquon's at 10. And then we see that this year, Miles Sanders is a free agent, made a little over six. Same thing with David Montgomery. That's kind of the market. And when there's so many backs in the marketplace, you know, it's hard for the number to drive up because the team will say, okay, we would love to have player Y, but player Z is similar, maybe less. I think what fans don't often do is they see the player and they don't see the cap number next to the player or the cash number next to the player. They only see the player. And teams look at those two and they quantify both as it compares to another player. And I think that running back market, because of all the backs in the in the league and in college and all this, I think it's going to just – it's a saturation point. There's too many – it's supply and demand. Is Barkley a great player? No question. Barkley averaged under seven yards a catch last year. Did he carry the Giants' offense? He even said so. I mean, without being disrespectful to Daniel Jones, he said that. But we know this about running backs. It's hard to because of the propensity to miss games or get hurt why this market isn't going up. So, you know, it is the business. The business is do what's right for the team. And when you extend a back like Dallas did, and I think Zeke's a great teammate. I think Zeke's a great leader. But unfortunately, you don't get the return on the investment. Yeah, especially when like a Tony Pollard does what Tony Pollard has yeah. done down there, out of the backfield and in the catching passing game and everything like that. I assume Zeke is going to – they're saying maybe go back to Dallas or yeah. huh. at a lower rate. I, I don't know. Put Zeke on our team. Hey, Zeke, come join us, pal. Obviously for the right price. I mean, right. going to have to do what they're going to have exactly. to do business-wise. Thank you for laying that out, though. I think that's a, a very well-positioned take. Yep. You know what I mean? Thanks. Like, hey, well, I mean, remember, football is economics, right? So oh, when right. why are the quarterbacks number going up? There's no quarterbacks. The supply is low. When supply is high, the prices go down. It's the same thing. And so it isn't about, well, we don't want, you know, there's more backs. If there weren't backs out there, it would be a little bit different. But like Eckler, when he redid his deal, he went from six up to eight million with incentives. I mean, as he's as good. He had 104 catches last year. Touchdown. He's the guy that averaged 10 yards a catch three years ago. There's not a better red zone player. There's not a better receiver than Eckler in the league. He's tremendous. But, again, it's hard. There's a lot of guys out there. That whole quarterback, there's not a lot of them out there. So economic supply and demand, they're going to get paid more because if you're great, you're great. You can add in there the next time you, you know, dive into that more, which I assume you will. That's why you look at the USFL and you're like, mm. yeah, not that <laughs> yeah. fun. No, I love, I love the guys are getting an opportunity yep. and doing their thing. Probably not the XFL. They had AJ McCarron and a mm-hmm. couple guys out there. But if you look at the rosters, especially at this point for a spring football league, every team has what four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks. How many? 
usually between four and five, depending on the situation. It's, it's tough to carry five unless you're like San Francisco will carry five because really, you know, they got to carry they, they got to carry Purdy in that five. At this point, at this point, at this point, right now, not throwing the seat. Like right now, how many quarterbacks are right in? now between four and five? Okay, so thirty-two teams, five. What is that? One hundred sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred sixty quarterbacks. So the XFL, the USFL, unless it's a guy who's already kind of had a career mm-hmm. and he's playing, you know, still and he's just choosing not to be in the NFL, you're at one sixty-one. You're looking at for yes. quarterbacks. Yeah. For the and it's like that's tough. That's a tough because that position you got to fucking have a guy too. And it's like I think that is supply demand is a great point. Fucking great point yeah. there. Ty has a question for you. Last one here, Pison. Yeah, Lombo. Just curious how the uh, process is going with the new book. I had a chance to read it. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the editorial process, like when you're ranking the hundred best players, how did like were you going back and changing that a bunch so that you don't oh, have. Yeah too many older guys and like mixing them in with modern day guys like is the book done at this point or how much more do you have to go before it's ready to be published? no it, it, it's done and you, you have to be sworn to secrecy on the top 100 so uh <laughs> yeah i uh so i approached it like a draft board right because the books the premise of the book is what Deion sanders said year, a, a year ago my gold jacket's different than other people's gold jackets <laughs> And so what I did was I tried to layer the top 100. So I built it like a draft board. So I had five different categories of players, and I would maneuver them around and see how it went and, and talk to different people in the league, the, the the Ron Wolfs, the Belichick, people that really study this stuff, right? And I, and I would move people around. And I probably made mistakes as I go forward. I'll see. I, I know Ron and I talked about one – that he thought I should have had in there that I didn't. But then I watched tape on all the players because you can go to YouTube and watch them all. And I kind of made up my own mind, but I treated it like I was building a draft board. Okay. I can't wait to uh, fully – I read I read a blot. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I don't want to break any news, but Paisano did send it over to us uh-huh. potentially before. Good. Mm-hmm. You're right. And uh, felt honored. Want to let you know that we appreciate the hell out of that. How do you have the time? How do you have the? How do you have the fucking time? I made a draft board. Like that's people's full time jobs. Yes, he's doing it throughout all the fucking football. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. So how do you have the time? Well, it was the only way to really get them into categories, Pat. So and that's my upbringing because what I think you have to understand is there's a, so what I try to do is make it there in a, every draft board. There's two boards. There's the horizontal board, which is the players all the players at their position. And then there's the vertical board stacking the, the best receiver to the to the top bottom one. So you got to kind of marry both of them. And that's what I tried to do. And that, that's why I kept playing around. At my Excel spreadsheet kept moving around, and I had to keep it dated. Well, that X and Y axis. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. We're trying to go up and to the right, but you can't always do that. Got to mm-hmm. have a little synergy down there. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, the former GM. What? Current author. What? Current podcast host. <laughs> what? Current You're live show host, what? current newsletter author, what? current consultant, what? current speaker, what? grandpa, what? dad. Yeah, that's what? the best title right there. Happy Father's Day. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Patrick. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, you Lombo. Thank you, Lombo. Fuck off, Lombo. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah, yeah. that guy's the best. Supply demand is just simple. Yeah, you can just get three running backs to do a job of one, and we don't just yeah. pay them half the money. So <laughs> you start works. doing the math. I don't know what you want us to do. We're in a salary cap thing. We can't just spend all the money. We love them. We want to. But also, two of these, an eighth of the price, mm-hmm. one of those. 
What do you want from us? Yep. Oh, and then you do you did the math on the XFL. That's tough. That's a tough number. <laughs> yeah, and it's real. Yeah, and there's two of them. That's yeah. the biggest problem. So there's two spring leagues. Correct. One has the Rock. I assume that one's going to do well. The other one probably not. One ha- that one has a uh, somebody. That one has sure. Well, who, that's right. Todd, I mean, in no, the pecking order, the XFL is next, and then they so they have what twelve teams. So there's twenty four more, so it's not even one eighty four, one eighty five. Exactly. Oh my God, it's going to be tough. Right. Love football though. Yep. They should almost get like a couple retired guys. That's not a bad idea. Who just yeah. play for? Let's put it this way. Like uh, both, like all time quarterback. Yeah, for both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should also pay free agents fifty million dollars. Like if they well, really, that is an angle. Yeah. You know, I think that would be um, if, yeah. that'd be the piff. If the piff was to get involved in football, right. that would be what they would do. I think I don't know if that would ever work though with how established the NFL is. Let no alone. chance. PJ obviously very established, but they had some yeah. they had some weaknesses that uh, they knew that they could attack, and obviously able to take them in the deep water in litigation. They weren't going to be able to survive. Yeah, which seems to be a move. What a move there! Just a full on takeover. Bingo. Yeah. Succession. Let's see how long they can swim. Yeah. That's what the USFL did the first time around, way back in the day when they first started. I think I don't know if it was the 80s or night when, like, I think it was, was it? Bo. Yeah, yeah. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Was Steve it, Young. Uh, yep. Steve Young. I think Elway flirted with it. They, they were going to take massive paychecks from that league, uh, but ultimately. So what they should do now, because you're probably not going to be able to do that, um, you just get a couple older quarterbacks, yeah. let them do the roids and stuff, mm-hmm. yep. and then they'll just play. They'll just play for different teams. Mm-hmm. Get it, maybe it's a whole here's the quarterback that's playing for this team. Oh. Here's quarterbacks playing for this team this week. Like a lottery. That'd be sweet. Yeah. Tell Make me Jake DeLome wouldn't lace him up oh, go out there and play God. all day. Clipboard Jesus. Charlie Whitehorse? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Orlovsky? Boom. See? Let's Let him take happen. roids too so their knees... You know, can hold up for uh-huh. at least a quarter. Right. You can do that for all positions. You can nah, do that they're going to have to get sacked, I guess. You're going to have to get rid of D-lines, too. This is going to have to be seven on seven. Okay, let's do it. Well, then offensive linemen aren't getting shots. Oh, that's sorry. Yeah, but that's yeah. What, what number? We don't want to be that. a part of something, an idea that just kills offensive linemen. Yeah. I agree. We right. like the trenches. But the right. scale, right, if we're still looking at the scale of quarterbacks, whether it's 140 to 180, what's the scale for you know, offensive linemen that are playing. Sure, sure, sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you're going to get old Charlie Whitehurst wanting to stand behind some of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Let's go to the phones. Anyways, thank you to Lombo. Five Energy phone line, obviously, one 3634 We've had some good callers. Yeah, yeah. we have. Yeah. Taking a lot lately. Let's go to Andrew in Nashville. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, what's up, boys? Hey, what's going on, Bob? Hey, keep it moving, Andrew. What do you want to talk about <laughs> down there in Nashville? Hey, so I got three things for you. The third thing is my question. Um, lifelong Titans fan, and I want to say Lombo's slander of Southwest is downright un-American. Okay? Wow. Oh, man. Downright All right. un-American. Oh, All right. Southwest love America. that. Okay, love that. He did kind of take a shot at you guys saying you guys are pretty cheap, pretty yeah, crop. A little bit. Yep. But he, you didn't deserve that. I don't think All you deserve right. that. Shots, okay. And then the second Kinda. thing, Conman yesterday uh, made a good point about D-Hop's familiarity with the Patriots offense through Bill O'Brien. Um, but also, uh, keep in mind, the Titans' offensive coordinator now is Tim Kelly, who used to be offensive coordinator with the Texans, so there's some familiarity there, too. Boom! Nice. Let's see. Never gets said, huh? That yeah. never gets said. What's never that all about? brings up Jim no. Kelly. What's that all about, Andrew? And then the third one's your question, I do uh, believe. Two very good points, obviously. Let's start doing more of these. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, 
So yesterday was I turned 22, and I'm thinking about our 22 down here in Tennessee. Um, do you think the current running back situation? Yeah, like your pal Aaron Rodgers there. I know we had the same uh, Do you think the current running back situation <laughs> hey. makes it more likely that Derek retires the Titan or is traded to another team? Yeah, thank feels- you, boys. Happy Feel Good Friday. Hey, thank hell you. Happy yeah. birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. Dear Joe Burrow, say I don't really know any of her songs, but I've heard the tour's a good time. Yeah, so yeah. might maybe, show up. Maybe, maybe I'll go. Could be fun. <laughs> Everybody else in the NFL. Oh, I've. Oh. I'm feeling 22. Fine. That's a good one. Yeah, lines were there last yeah, night. Fun. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson was there, having the time of his life. Yeah, he was. Everybody seems to be in there. Yeah. Obviously, binoculars. can't help but respect. Yeah, he was pretty far away. Can't help but respect uh, Taylor Swift and everything she's about. I never got into her music. I don't think I was supposed to ever get into her music. Sure, but there was a lot of guys in the NFL that were like super into her music. That that was kind of surprised to me as somebody who potentially was in the league for a little bit, just riding coattails. I'm not supposed to be there. I understand that. And then now that we cover the league, I did not expect as many Taylor Swift fans to be in the NFL as there was. Seemingly every single locker room oh, yeah. was filled with Swifties. And I was like, damn, Taylor Swift is fucking killing it. Congrats to her. Cracking into an NFL locker room in yeah. the way that she has, not easy at all. Nope. And then Joe Burrows go, goes, I, I don't really know any of her songs, but a big fan, obviously. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's massive awesome. work ethic and mm-hmm. respect for that. And I'm like, go. And I'm like, Joe Burrow seems to just just keep being like this super old school old, guy. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Just super old school. An Ohio fuck, seemingly. Through and through. Through and through. Yeah. Quarterbacking the Cincinnati. Like, this is, when we look back on this, like 30 years from now, look back on it, we're going to be like, the marriage between a team, a city, and a player almost feels fucking perfect. Yeah. With Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. That's why I think we all just assume they're going to win one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everything works too well. They're going to win one at some point. Joe has his mind on it. Speaking of winning one, the Chiefs have won another one, and they got their rings last night. Let's take a break. We'll break those shiny things down on the other side. We'll celebrate Patty Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the boys Mm -hmm. celebrating in a big way last night. Huh? That's who. So. Bitch. Sorry, he did this. Yeah. yeah. I respect that. So, who's calling? Me, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ring, ring. That's what Patrick Mahomes said. Yeah, that was awesome. Jamar Chase said, Pat, who? <laughs> You're talking about Joey Burr? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. And then Patrick Mahomes. That's who, bitch. <laughs> Are you talking about me? Because when you're talking about me, we're talking about these things right here. Yeah, but I'm offending Joe. Right here. The off-season script is pretty cool. I'm who, bitch. I am who. Come on. I am what. I am where. I am how. (laughs) I'm all of them. Mm -hmm. Patrick Wilhelm said. Yep. Pretty sweet. Shout out. He's right. Certainly is. 100% right. He certainly (laughs) is. Hard to argue that. It's amazing because he's out there with Luke Combs, shotgun and beers, having a good time. Mm -hmm. He has remained a human here. Yeah. Right? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. As the pressure expectations, mm-hmm. eyeballs, successes, money. Everything's going like this. You just maintain being a human, seemingly. Yeah, same person. Fucking keep going. We need you, Pat. Yeah. Great for the league. Great for the league. Great for the league, man. Sports needs you. Yeah. Not just, you know what I mean? We're looking at Joker, and everybody loves Joker because he's like, I know I say I don't want to stay on parade. I fucking want to stay on parade. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Actual quote yesterday, we're like, we love Joker. The best. Mm-hmm. We love this human. Okay? 
Patrick Mahomes, seemingly humble superstar. Mm -hmm. Then we watch that quarterback thing, and he's in Max Crosby's face. I'm here all fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. Love everything about him. That's so incredible. sweet. Joey Burrow, same exact way it feels like. Mm -hmm. Yes. We are in good hands. Yeah. Great hands. Yes, we are. Let's go, dude. Across That's not board. even talking about, you know, the Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, Lamar. Yeah, yep. Lamar. Gerber. Oh, my God, dude. We're, we're set. Fields. Let's go, yeah. huh? It's unbelievable. Justin Fields, does he have a weapon out there, though? I don't oh, know. Yeah. And Josh all, Allen? They're all Josh in the East. Josh Allen? Yeah. All wow, dude. Can't pick it. They are all in all the East. All of them are in one Jordan conference. Love. Anthony Richardson, let's get to a break. <laughs> Last night at about 9 p.m., my wife actually asked, are they still playing golf? Like, from when you were live, they're still playing golf. It's like, yeah, large field. The U.S. Open has a lot going on. There is legacy and history and the biggest purse in U.S. Open history on the line. And we got some great golfing going on right now. Sam Bennett, the kid that uh, was fresh out of Texas A&M, played as an amateur at the Masters just a few weeks back or whatever, is now a professional and tied for fourth place with Rory McIlroy, Finau, Putnam, and Harmon. Yeah. Come on. Good field. Brooks Kepka is... Looking very fantastic with the Nike on the back of his shoulder at plus one. Great Going to make the cut for the weekend. Clark, who we obviously know is at nine under. Fowler still at eight under alongside Xander Shoffley. They have not teed off. They will tee off their first hole. Yeah. We'll be at 4.32 Eastern yeah. Standard Time. Pumped. We got all night worth of golf, and then tomorrow we wake up, have to pass some time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you turn on TV, whether it's on Peacock, what? or it's on the Golf Channel, what? or it's on NBC, or it's on USA Network, what? wherever the hell it is, we got great action staring us down all weekend, and I'm pumped about it. We are lucky to be here. We can't wait to take more of your phone calls on the 5 Energy phone line, one 432 We have Marty Fish, former number one tennis player in the world, joining us in about nine minutes or so. Cannot wait to chat with him. And we have the toxic table, one half of it being at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. And then one half of the hammer, God, Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Tone, what's going on, pal? I was thinking, you know, because it is a later start and we were talking about, you know, what do you do all day? If you have the ability to, not everyone does, you know, responsibility, stuff like that. Sure. But do you have the ability to go play some golf of yourself oh my God. and then get back home and then watch some golf all evening? That's a nice little fucking Saturday or something. Hey, wait, I was thinking about this because – you know, we're about to be introduced to a people in a massive way. Yeah, a lot of people. Oh, yeah. There's some updates on that entire thing. Okay. Absolutely. Good updates. Now's not the time, but there's some, <laughs> there's some massive updates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to be, which is good for, well, I thought everyone. Who knows? Would, yeah, true. Good stuff for you would think our people. Yeah, yeah all sure. parties. Think. All part. I think really good stuff for everybody. But we've... This is much more golf interest out of our program, I think, than it's ever been. Yeah. And I think the reason is how much we appreciate watching it whenever our sports end. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think I feel like the reason why we're getting into it is because whenever there is this drought of content, which there has been for a bit and seemingly will be for a while Mm -hmm. with the writer's strike happening, Nick and I actually saw one over in New York when we went to the Disney upfronts. They were pretty passionate about it. They they seemed like they were not anywhere near getting anything done. So sports, anytime they're on, carry the trending tabs on Twitter, Mm -hmm. carry everything. Sports is such a large part of our life, and whenever it feels like it gets taken away we got to rely upon like baseball, which hey, guy stole home the other night. That's right, right. cool. Yankees match it was yep. a sweet game, it goes cool. fast. Guy stole, and then uh, Cincinnati Reds got I like to cut their jib. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cubs swept the Buckos. You mean America's team? Uh, you're who did what? 
Cubs swept the Buckos. Oh, let's talk. Uh, anyways, thank you to golf. I think we are just saying thank you to golf. Yeah, mm-hmm. loving Getting it. into golf, playing a lot of golf, and who knows what the future of this program with golf season looks like, especially with our new access. Bingo. Mm-hmm. With everything we're about to have. Very, very uh, exciting thing. Let's talk about the Cubs, the city they're from, Chicago. The Chicago Bears are kind of dealing with a little bit of drama right yeah. now. There's uh, literally report, allegedly reports coming out of the Chicago Bears where Chase Claypool, I mean, maybe isn't in the highest of regards for oh, some people. No. This is out of uh, Waddle and Sylvie, obviously, uh, ESPN 1000. And this is about Chase Claypool and the Chicago Bears relationship. Mm. He continued to say... He's got time. He's got these 40 days to get healthy before training camp. He has said that he's got time to get into the playbook and that he has learned the playbook. I have heard from a few people inside that building that he is not somebody who is is very self-motivated. There's a long way to go. Chase Claypool can change Mm -hmm. the narrative. Waddle always likes to say, if you want to change the narrative, change the narrative. So Chase Claypool can do so. All I can tell you is it isn't trending in a way that the Bears have wanted it to trend in this offseason. Chase Claypool is a guy that they've wanted to see some things from. They have not been able to see those things from him on and off the field. All those things don't sound great for Claypool going into training camp on where they think he's going to be. So I assume that's Sylvie out of ESPN Chicago. The other one, Waddle, says, hey, change the narrative, change the narrative. You can start anything today and start working towards a different you for the future at any given moment. But this is uh, this is alarming out of the local media who probably do have sources inside the building. Mm-hmm. Tone Diggs, Chase Claypool was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yes, he, was. he was obviously traded to the Bears for, I believe, for... Basically, the number round, 32 overall pick. Second yeah, round pick. Uh, but second the number round. 32 overall pick. So Basically, Joey Porter Jr. And there was a lot of conversation about how Chase Claypool fit as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Obviously, his first year does incredible and then doesn't really pan out. And I think a lot of people will potentially say that has always had the talent. This is why it's vital to have a good vet in the room. Mm, yes. Because a lot of people saw Chase Claypool seeing what Juju was doing at that stage, where Juju was still a young receiver, yep. probably needed a veteran in yep. the room to yep. kind of see how it goes. And Juju is also in another. Anomaly. Juju's a fucking Super Bowl champion, so Juju does his thing. There is a thought, though, that Chase kind of saw some of the stuff that Juju was doing off the field and then was able to kind of start doing that in his own way and then losing a little bit of focus on football strictly or maybe football was never going to be something he was going to be fully invested in. He was always going to have a diversified interest buckets. Hmm. Uh, but Pittsburgh Steelers fans are pretty pumped to hear this out of Sylvie, I believe. And I hope Chase Claypool does decide to change the narrative like Waddle always says. Yeah. Um, when the trade happened and we learned that uh, it was the Bears pick and that it would be number 32 overall, Pittsburgh Steelers fans were happy. But there was always the thought in the back of, the, of your head where maybe Chase Claypool reverts back to what he was as a rookie when he was being called Mapletron and was incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and he wouldn't be the guy that he was year two and year three where he would just – Jump as high as he could, and then try to catch the ball at his at his feet, uh, and then fall Jeez. every time he jumped or tried to catch, or you know would be on social media or TikTok doing stuff when he wasn't playing his best and things along those lines. Um, so to see this news uh, come out, would I be would I be sad to see this news? No, no, because you know that that, that removes all regret or any thought of regret of this trade. Um, and I hate to say, like, I hate doing this, but like, told you so is like something that I just thought all morning, like, fucking told you so. 
fucking, I mean, come on. I mean, what, the writing was on the wall. I mean, the Bears are the Bears when this uh, this type of stuff. Well, there is a chance, too. Like, everybody's judging how Chase Claypool's acting over there. They had the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? Before right? they got him, I too. wonder if the other side is potentially there's some things going on as well. I, I know it's whole new. Hey, we got a lot that of stuff going got on. Amazing payoff. Maybe it's just day. not a good, maybe it's not a good fit. Bingo. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's not Wrong a good scheme. fit. And is it a good fit for anybody for the number one overall pick? Oh. I, I don't know. They're trying to change it, obviously. But to Chase Claypool's, uh, I assume his vantage point, he probably says, "What do you? This team? I mean, come on, they're bad." No, I, I love yeah. Sylvie, but this is the Herbert stuff all over again. Two weeks ago, Fields said that he is developed perfectly and he's doing absolutely amazing with the playbook. So there we go. Okay, Boom. let's go, Chase. Boom. Yeah, yeah more now. Hey, Chase was, yeah, but the way he could have worded it, you know, he could have, yeah. he could have. He could have properly got around it, Pro- could have but properly. without putting him over and talking about things in such detail. Justin Fields seemingly going to be a great leader and a great football player. He was electrifying last year. Once again, had the first overall pick, but still was yeah. electrifying. Yeah. Was the only real upside seemingly when you would watch one yeah. of those games. So if they can get Chase Claypool to play good, and they also got what DJ right? Yeah, DJ Moore. Yep, DJ Moore out of Carolina. Darnell Come, Mooney. Maybe they. You know what I mean? Here we go. And I whenever you're winning, seemingly all these types of stories dissipate. Sure. You know, you don't hear about like, is he fully invested? Is he not fully invested? Whenever everybody's having touchdowns and success and everything like that. This is what comes with not being successful last year. And hopefully they'll be able to manage it and become a great team because the NFC North right now, Uh-oh. the right. big bad bull, a uh, big bad bully wolf moved over to New York and it's allegedly wide open. I don't think the Vikings think that way. I don't nope. think the Lions no. think that way, but the bears, I guess are probably having those conversations as they should be because maybe there's a path to the playoffs and who knows once you get in there, there might be a chance that the other team has a double doink and then the entire course of history is different for the Midway Town. Now, joining us right now is a man that we got a chance to watch his documentary yet again this morning. Mm -hmm. Can't thank him enough for being a person that would say yes to going into that type of documentary style with Untold on Netflix and allowing us all to hear his story where it wasn't all glorious, where we can either draw inspiration or at least a little relatability to say, hey, if that person was able to get through that, I could get through what I'm getting through. And this dude happened to be a number one tennis player in the world. And now... A fucking stick on the golf course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Course record at Tahoe. Damn. Yeah. Champion Tahoe a couple years ago. Tough course. Top five every year he's in there. So he goes from tennis to golf, and there's a long road in between it. Now he's stopping on this show, and this is going to be the dumbest portion of his life. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Marty Fish. Yeah. What's up, dude? What's up, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, big fan of the show. Now, listen, you don't have to bullshit, okay? Uh, all good. Let's move on. We appreciate you for joining us. Obviously, I had known about you. I'm not big in the tennis world, but I had known about you from the American Century Championship uh, golf tournament. A couple years ago, you hit this. I, I think it was a par five. You're like 200-some yards out, and the commentators were talking about it. And this was before I went, obviously. And it was like a four-yard landing zone. Like, the commentators were even breaking it down. They're like, here is where he has to land this thing from this 
far. And you just fucking plucked it. Like it was, I'm like, this guy's a professional golfer. And then they started looking into you and learning about you. Then the untold documentary comes out. It's like, I've gotten to learn a lot about you quickly about the span of your entire life. Would like to let you know you're fucking inspiring, dude. Yeah. You're an inspiring dude. And I know that probably sucks to hear and you don't know what to say, but fucking <laughs> thank you for living the life that you've lived for us all to uh, kind of learn from now. Let's talk about that. You were the tennis number one in the entire world. And then all of a sudden, the entire world gets incredible at golf and creates or, at tennis and creates the greatest tennis players of all time. Allegedly, you know, there's some things that you put yourself through mentally. And then you have a mental breakdown. This is all documented in the documentary that needs to be watched by everybody. And then you come back on the other side of it. And now you're living your life and you're this like professional fucking golfer, which is maybe the most mentally tasking sport on earth. I think a lot of us would want to ask like, what did you go through mentally? Was there exercises? Was there some sort of thing that you had to face? Was there ayahuasca in there mm -hmm. that made you kind of reset from being somebody that would say very mean things to yourself and then basically diving into a sport that almost forces you to say very mean things <laughs> to yourself on a regular basis and you've kind of conquered it. And I think there's a lot of people that deal with mental health. What was it for you that kind of made you change the trajectory of how you thought in your day-to-day, -day, Marty? Sorry for the long-winded thing, but that's a fucking, I just need to know this because as I'm watching it, I'm like, as a punter and a kicker, the worst thing you can do is start saying bad shit. Like, hey, I'm going on the field. I don't need to hear anything bad. This ball is going to be an absolute bomb. Like other punters and kickers are like, give me the hardest ball to kick. I want to train hard. And then in the game, it's easy. I'm like, fuck that. I want to see the ball fly. Like every ball, I want to see it go for my confidence. So you being able to beat that is so amazing to me. And I would just, I think a lot of other people would want to hear it as well, Marty. Uh, thanks. thanks for letting me talk, by the way. Yeah, uh, fuck you, Marty. Just get to it. <laughs> Um, no, look, at, at, for me, it was the, coming out with the story um, and being so open and honest about it was two things, really. It was educating people on mental health. What what exactly is mental health? What is panic, depression, anxiety disorder? Um, what does it feel like? What are the symptoms? What are, um, you know, some of the stuff that you can feel early on? sort of catch it early, um, educating, just, I didn't know anything about anxiety disorder or, or panic or depression, any, any of that stuff when I was going through my, uh, struggles, um, certainly early on and then talking to some people and sort of being a little bit open with my team and team meeting coaches and trainers and things like that. My wife, um, just kind of understanding that, there were a lot of people that were having similar thoughts, but maybe weren't open to being uh, or open to being open about it. Right. Like open, uh, being vulnerable, like it's it's an uncomfortable um, topic, certainly in 2012, when I went through, um, you know, the, the worst part of my my issues were, uh, you know, sort of late 2012 and and, and kind of beyond and, and learning that it's always going to be a part of my life, learning um, that, you know, just learning a lot about mental health, educating um, people about it, and then giving a success story and being a success story for some people who um, I know are dealing with similar things. There's tens of millions of Americans that deal with mental health issues every day. Obviously, COVID has uh, accelerated that quite a bit as well, and being a really um, lonely 
thing that we had to go through for a few years there. And, and, and so I can't imagine, you know, kind of being on your own and having to deal with those things. Um, so, so being a success story and showing people that, um, that you can be in, in, in the fire and, and, and get out of it. It's okay to, to say that you're not okay. It's okay to not be okay because it's, it's important to understand again, that, that millions of people deal with this type of stuff. I'm a huge sports fan. So when I was going through my, um, my issues and having, you know, really my worst troubles, um, I didn't have anything to lean on. Like in sport, I had heard of, I don't know if you remember a guy named Royce, um, Royce something from, uh, Iowa state. He played college basketball. He had trouble fear of flying. Um, he, he got drafted, I think by the bulls and eventually didn't, you know, didn't do much in the NBA cause he had trouble, uh, traveling, uh, like so maybe some social anxiety stuff. I remember a golfer had come out with something, um, that was, uh, you know, he had struggled in, in the, in a round or something like that. But, but long story short, it was, it was, there weren't very many, um, success stories, right? Like yeah. thing to lean on, go, Oh, there's someone who, competed at a high level or did something at a really high level. Um, it was sort of taken away from them. And then they were able to, not only were they able to get it back, but they were able to kind of thrive. Um, and so I wanted to share, um, everything about my journey. I wanted to share, uh, because it was, it was important for me because it was also, it was helpful for me when I would talk about it and be open about it. And, you know, being on a, a platform like yours, um, is great for, for, talking about mental health it's great about it's great for letting people know that like when the tennis was taken away from me in 2012 and i wasn't able to actually play and go out and and play and do my job and it didn't doesn't matter what you do for a living whether you're a professional tennis player or a radio broadcaster or a, you know doing my the lawn uh you know cutting the grass like you're all everyone's providing for their family everyone's everyone has goals and everyone gets up out of bed and, and jumps up out of bed and it's forced to live life. Right? And, and so it's a norm, it's a normal, these are all normal things. Everyone's bubble and world is their own and no one's is tougher or, or, or harder than anyone else's mine. I lived out, uh, in front of people, but that was my world and my bubble. Um, other people may have similar issues and thoughts and, and struggles, um, and, and it may be just their own bubble. They're trying to provide for their family. They're trying They have kids. They have, you know, stressful job, whatever it is. And so just to give people a success story to, to lean on and say, there's someone who the U.S. Open was taken away from him. And not only did he get back, he got back and went back to that tournament, won matches at that tournament, was able to finish my career there. Um, and that was, that was a really important part of, um, my journey. Hell yeah. And that was an incredible answer. Thank you for that. Now, thank you for letting me talk too. but the, um, <laughs> the whole, like not only getting back in there and winning matches in your sport, but picking up another one and becoming elite at it. Yeah. Like that is such like, uh, especially a sport that is so, I don't want to say demeaning mentally, yeah. but it is. Absolutely. Like, that, is, that is maybe the most, 
I don't want to say mentally tough sport, but it really, every sport has its own thing. Golf is one. You're talking about a sweet spot that's this big. You're setting yourself up. If you expect yourself to be good, you're setting yourself up for failure, like on a very, very regular basis. So you just jumping in there and then being so vocal about it all and figuring it out, becoming elite, I think it's going to motivate a lot of motherfuckers, man. And I, uh, I am very, very thankful that you came on the show and just said what you did because as I was watching that documentary and obviously now we know a lot more about mental health and everything like that as you're like speaking about the thoughts that are going through your head what's running through your head can i do this is this going to happen i like it's it's a thought where you look around and you say like oh so this is depression right here like this yeah. is you know what i mean like it was the, as somebody that didn't fully understand it because i don't think like granted i've had some low moments but i don't deal with that on an every single day basis but i know a lot of people do as you were speaking it out in that documentary i'm like so this is what it's like and yeah like it was a great depiction of it so thank you for being that vulnerable. Now, let's talk about where you're at right now. Are you ready for Tahoe, bro? I've been working. Oh, yeah, <laughs> a lot. I've been working in the Dialed. same. And I know you got the course record there. I know that you're you're the former champion there. I know that you've been top five before. And I assume you've played at this LACC that the boys are playing at. We want to mm -hmm. dive into that whole conversation as well. Are you ready? Because there's, you know, there's guys in tank tops in Indiana with golf sims that are like... <laughs> I need to fucking show up a little bit better next year than I was last year. Are you prepared? How, how's the swing going right now? I'll be fine. It looks like you've been lifting, too. So, yeah, we've got some, tru uh, some trouble with the guns. That doesn't really translate in golf, though. Um, that's just excess. You don't tough know. To get you don't know, Marty. Marty, you don't know me. Okay. <laughs> just get to your game, please. But, yeah, you're right. It has been a little stiffer. I've had to change the swing. I've had to change the swing a little bit because I can't move as much. So we're sacrificing some things to kind of gain some others. But you're right. There is a little drawback with the jockness in the golf game. Mm -hmm. Just had to shorten the swing a little bit, baby. That's it. Just had to shorten the swing That's a little simple. bit. That's all, Marty. Don't worry about it. How's your game? Uh, my game is fine. Um, had a little bit of an injury, rib injury that I'm coming. That I'm oh, uh -oh. no. Uh-oh. Marty. Something oh, no. I had Smoltz uh, called me. Smoltz, he never calls me. He called me to, to, uh, uh, try and see if I was okay. If I was, you know, going to be okay for Tahoe. So guys are checking in, um, to make sure that I'm, that I'm going to be okay. I, I'm happy to report. I'm going to be totally fine. hundred percent. Um, right. uh, I, ready to go there. Um, uh, I was just there for media day. So, so putting in the karma, karma work as well for the tournament, uh, pumping up American century and Jonathan Thomas and all that stuff, making sure I get the invite going. You know how that goes. Smart. Played golf yesterday with, with John Miller from NBC sports doing all the, you know, check, check all the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Such a phenomenal week that the 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 email that comes in in around March or whatever every year is the best email to get um, that says you've uh, you've been invited. Uh, I can't, I don't click the register fast enough. I can't do it fast enough to register, so I don't. I can't pull the pull the invite. It's a beautiful time out there, man. Yeah. It is gorgeous it's, for us. It was like really nice, and this is gonna sound so stupid, but. Like just getting away, you feel like you're away, doesn't it? I mean, you're playing in it, so I guess you're. And he's doing a media day. They got oh, yeah, a, man. Hey, this, you're the one of the faces. You're getting that email, I think, every year forever. But I think you want At it. Least. That's a part of the rules. Yes. I mean, yeah. Augusta National. If you win it, you fucking allow back forever. I'd assume American Central Championship is the same. I'm not in charge, obviously. Lucky to be invited. Thankful to be invited. Trying to move out of the lower quarter. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to move up trying. a little bit. So that at least the. Where'd, where'd you finish last? I don't think about last year. Yeah, we're on next year. <laughs> Thank you, Marty. 
Do oh. spaceships come equipped with rear view mirrors? <laughs> they don't. They dip. Okay, pal? Yeah. That's all they think. Where were you last year? Are we in the top 50 this year or? I don't know, bud. I think you were last year. I don't know, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't like the terrible. You know, there's terrible. Like the Miz, terrible. Yeah. I think he RG3. RG3, he scored the, you know, you have the course record. RG3, I think, has the actual highest score that you could potentially yeah, score. The other there. record. Because if you and RG3 is gonna get good at golf, we assume. Of course. Yeah. He fucking raced a hawker, whatever. Yeah, he'll and figure I, it he'll out. He'll figure out golf, but at that point, he did not. So I'm not down there. Okay, we can we have a couple birds. Had a, birdie on 17 on Saturday. Okay, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. uh, in front of the boats, all the booze bags. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're having a good time. Big deal. Uh, but I enjoyed it because it was just kind of like we got away. Got to, it felt like a, like an actual golf trip. Yeah. And then we stayed at the nicest house in fucking California. Yeah, it was like a different part of America. It felt like at Lake Tahoe. I was top 61 last year. Okay, top, mm -hmm. top 61. See, I was top 61. Where'd there? you finish last year? So we can get top 50 again. Last year is in the rearview mirror. There are no uh, rearview mirrors on space, space shuttles. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I don't even remember, to be honest. All I remember is that round in uh, 2020 uh, where I shot 63, made 10 birdies, and uh, uh, that was my best round I've ever played. That's the only round I ever remember. Yeah, you were sixth place <laughs> last year. Hey, sixth football player got you. Tony Romo fucking came Yikes. in. Yikes. Yeah. Marty losing. Tony Romo came in. And Thielen. And, and, and Adam Thielen? Oh, what? Adam Thielen? And Joe Pav, right? Oh, my God. Are we the best? Is football the best? Hold on. Hold on, Marty. Is football the best golfing sport out there? That's crazy for the wow. tennis folks. Baseball folks. Some hockey. Don't let us take this, Marty. We will be loud about it. Mm -hmm. I, I only have one tennis player there, so I've got only one. Well, that's actually part of the documentary, right? Isn't yeah. that a part of the documentary? Hey, wasn't that a part of the documentary, though, just to kind of go back to your life story here? Because you become the number one tennis player in the world is a massive ordeal, especially with how young you started and how early you were kind of projected to do that. I mean, there's a lot of decisions made throughout your entire life so that you could become a great tennis player. They actually had to start something because America was getting bodied mm -hmm. in tennis and there was nothing in there. So they started creating these scholarship funds and this school and academy, basically, to raise American tennis players so that we can kind of get into the global conversation a little bit more. And you and Roddick were like, the fuck, here yeah. we go. Mm -hmm. This is how it's going to go. So much so that you go to school, they go to another school, you live together, and then you go through this whole thing to get to the top. Whenever you're training and, like, growing up as a kid, is everything just like how to outcompete somebody else? Like, was there anything that you've had to stare down to like break how you've been uh, kind of in the competitive world since you're like this big pretty much and being taught? Because they showed us some of the videos that were yeah. being like shown to you as if it was a class as you were a kid. You know, some people go in there, they learn like algebra and mm -hmm. like some things like that. Yep. You were learning like how to be a competitive dog pretty much mm -hmm. is what you need. Have you had to stare that down? Was that a part of the process or do you think that actually benefited you through the whole thing? I mean, it's tennis is a brutal game in that it's a it's a non-contact gladiator type sport, right? Where you're just playing one person, you have to problem solve and figure it out, but you have to do it all by yourself. So you don't get a caddy, you don't get a coach or timeouts or anything like that. Um, it's a phenomenal sport um, for learning life skills of just how to compete, how to you know problem solve. Um, it requires an incredibly high Amount of physical fitness uh, just uh, days that I used to train my trainer would just put me on a treadmill and leave and and just come back 45 minutes later and you know and I'd speed you know, that up still a have bit. yeah a little bit more we need to run a little yeah. further <laughs> yeah or um 
physically and then mentally again like you're all you're all by yourself so you got to problem solve and figure it out all by yourself and um at a really young age obviously you know really hard to figure that out there's you know junior tournament there's a junior circuit and the whole you know the whole thing and when i was living with andy and we were you know sort of going through the same sort of progressions and trajectory uh you know sort of through our junior careers um you know we competed at everything and and like you know it was he and i there were a couple other guys in there james blake is another one who was a phenomenal tennis player um he got to number four in the world at one point obviously andy was number one and won the u.s open he was the alpha male of our generation and the guy that like really held the brunt of of a lot of uh uh sort of press and expectation and stuff like that he did an incredible job of of sort of being the face of that stuff so you know it was a there was a long time in my career where i didn't really have to deal with that stuff and then once my expectations changed and my diet changed and i really sort of turned yeah. turned a corner how to be a professional and be a professional athlete and like really dedicate yourself to to what you're doing and your craft um that's when the expectations like really changed and the pressure started coming it was more and more the expectations started changing for me um you know and i was never truly i, I never really looked uh, stepped back and looked at my career and and went it, you did well or you're doing well or like you know it's just a it's a weekly thing you know i the I, I had a, a final of a tournament in Montreal and the next week is Cincinnati and I look around and there's five guys that are better than me, that are ranked higher than me in the locker room and it's just not good enough, you know, and I had a phenomenal tournament the the week before and I had done well in Cincinnati the previous year and so I, I had nothing but good vibes there and, and I, I couldn't step outside of it and of, of it all and take it in and just kind of go, great job last week, um, let's enjoy this for a day or something like that. It was all, you're just always constantly going. Um, part, part of tennis too is hard with the ranking system. It's a 12 month ranking system. So it just, it, it's never ending. You're always defending points. So what you did 12 months prior is coming off your ranking. And in tennis, you're really only known by the number next to your name. So you can't, and there's really no bluffing on it, right? Like if it's whatever it is, whatever it says, it's kind of what you are and and that's how you get into events and that's how you get seated in events and things like that so you're putting yourself in better positions in the draw and stuff so um it's it's a it's a really tough sport and then on top of that the travel is like really hard because it's it's not just in the states like the pga golfers and stuff as you, you mentioned lacc which is just down the road here and and these guys are of course alive and and like they get to play in the states like all year, you know, and they have a West coast swing and an East coast. I'm so jealous of them. I, I had 2012, which was my year that I, you know, had my mental health struggles. I started in Perth, Australia, which is on the other side of Australia and came back to the States and then to Switzerland and back to the, for Davis cup, then back to the States, back to uh, Marseille and Dubai back to the States, Indian Wells, Miami, Monte Carlo, and that's all uh, before April. Um, so it's like, it's a lot of travel um, and and a lot of... That sounds miserable, right? Like, what? obviously you get to go to all those places, mm -hmm. right? So that's how other people view it. 
I'm not like going out and like checking the. Yeah, of course. That's hey, that's every sport, by the way. People go like play nowadays. I don't know what it was back in the day, and I assume tennis was probably a little bit different back in the day as well. Nowadays, the only thing people really see is the bus, the hotel, the stadium, the bus, the plane, and then they're out of there. And then the travel is naturally going to wear you down because of, I believe, the altitude and the pressurized cabin and what's going on with you. And then let alone the discomfort that could take place. It is a real, like golf, you're right, though, the American stuff. They're still on the road, though, all year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't really get talked about. And to your point about being identified only as the number next to you, we saw Joker the other day and had a three next to him. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, Joker has a three next to him? And they were like, "Uh, yeah, he's plus 195 to win or something. It's like, Joker is going against the new number one up there. And he's plus one. I don't think so. (laughs) This guy who said, I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm going to start my, I'm going to buy a medical company. Yeah. You think he's just going to kind of just sail off into the sunset mm. with number one? I don't think so. And then bang, he kills it, he kills it. He's greatest of all time? Who's greatest of all time? Novak is the best player that I've – I mean, I'm assuming that the three, the top three greatest of all time is in this era is a blessing and a curse of being playing in that era and playing those guys. It was cool to play those guys. Uh, it wasn't so cool to lose to those guys almost every time. Um, so – the 2011 Djokovic and 2005 Federer were the best players that I ever played. If those two played on a medium pace hard court, I think Novak would win. Um, mm. If they played on a surface, I think Roger would win. Any any slower surface, Novak would win. So I think 2011 Djokovic, best player of all time. Okay. All right, nice little stat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like that's my own thoughts. Yep, bingo. Anytime I walk, so sometimes I get dropped into situations where I'm talking to humans who are somehow from a vastly different world than I'm from. And they're, oh, we love tennis or whatever. It's like, okay, perfect. Now, 2011? You remember? Joker? Yeah. Oh. You remember? Oh, my God. Put yeah, him on a track it. there against 2005 Federer. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to act like that's my own. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you doing <laughs> that. And I will give you credit at the end after we've already gotten through the convo. I'm going to say Marty Fish gave me all of that. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Tony. So speaking of speaking of them and speaking of 2011, when you go to the top eight event at the end of the year and you play with those guys and you're with Nadal and Federer and Joker, um, and really in the doc it shows 2011 just how fucking insane your training was and life was, and you pretty much dropped everything to become what you were. Like, was there ever a thought that maybe that 2011 you maybe worked too hard and that's why 2012 potentially happened and then also like how hard you worked that year how much respect does that give you for these guys for those guys that have done it for 20 years and have just dominated the sport every year yeah um the first the first part i i finished the year in 2011 on thanksgiving in london uh so obviously late in the year usually my years were done October, mid to late October. But since I made the World Tour final that year, you add on like an extra couple weeks. And uh, I actually, the last match of the year, I played Federer um, on Thanksgiving, got home the next day, uh, didn't take but, got home obviously Friday, didn't didn't take but two days off and started up again Monday. And I just was really hungry to get to improve here. And I just never, I didn't step back and, and appreciate it. Like I, like I said before, and um and so it was almost like I try, I wanted it too bad or I, or I tried too hard almost. Um, but that was kind of the only way I know, you know, it's like a lot of athletes are sort of in that realm of, of all or nothing. Like you're on a diet, there's a plate of fries. And if you're on a diet, you don't touch one. 
And if you're not, then you have to eat every single one. And What's like, the I'm seasoning? Not- What's the seasoning? You know? <laughs> What's the seasoning? Uh, fry. It's like a uh, Cajun curly fry. Wow. Professional athletes are different, bro. Uh, so, so, you know, so like, I went the, that off season. I ended up going down to Australia and to the other side of Australia in Perth, um, and only had like three and a half weeks off. Um, and usually have you know six to seven weeks, and yeah. So I just didn't give myself enough time um, time to rest and recoup and all that stuff. And I just you know kind of hit the ground running again. Also you do like your the way tennis works in terms of appearance fees and stuff like that um if you do well you can then your agent will then start doing deals for tournaments that you play outside of the majors you know How five sh- six in advance and so you've got all so now my life is changing in terms of the numbers that i'm getting to to go to these events so i'm like well, I'm not going to turn that down. I was never getting that. And so I got to play that and play that and play that. And so my schedule, and I mentioned the schedule leading up to that year um, or leading into that year and the beginning of that year was, uh, was, was pretty rough. Um, and so if I were to do that all over again, I, I certainly would, would take more time off and I certainly would, would pick my schedule a little bit differently. But I, I, you know, I took the money and sort of, you know, ran with my success of that year and, you know, like, I'm sure everybody else would have in my position and it wasn't anything bad. You know, I just, that was my time to sort of, you know, sort of grab that, you know, grab the bag. Yes, absolutely. And you have to take advantage of it because you have no idea how long that's going to last. And also it worked out exactly how it's supposed to Yeah, Mm -hmm. worked out how exactly how it's supposed to. You're a great story for other people to lean upon and you, you got to the top of the mountain. Yeah. You did it. It's all good. We're all great. We're in a good spot. Last question here about maybe future mountains to climb. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah, Marty, just curious with uh, pickleball kind of exploding the way it has. Now, I mean, I would argue being an unbelievable golfer is probably much better and something I'd rather do. But I, I see a lot of these pickleball guys are maybe, you know, former tennis players who weren't good enough to turn pro or whatever the case may be. But have you ever thought about showing up at one of these events <laughs> and just dusting everyone's ass? Just, you know, not even really having to put the time in, but just showing up at a tournament and whatever prize money is available, I'll show up, beat the piss out of everyone, and then head out. Those guys are pretty good. You'd be supr- you'd be shocked. Yeah, I know they- I am. Thank you. But go ahead and talk <laughs> about you, please. They're good. Um that being said, Pat, I'll play you for any amount of money you want. To play. <laughs> <laughs> those top guys, those top guys can play. Um, they can play, but yeah, I could probably figure it out. I mean, it's one of those. Um, uh, Steph actually texted me the other day, and he was like, "Hey, c- tell me something about pickleball. Oh. Is uh, is it like my buddies telling me to go to Dave and Buster's and do Papa Shot for you?" And I was like, "Yeah, exactly what it is." <laughs> Okay, so it's like state fair tennis to you. It's like it's kind of just dinking around and hitting it here and there. I totally get why people love it because anyone can play with anyone. And Pat, you can play with your wife, and I can play with my wife, and they may never have played before, and we can have a nice game. You and I, one on one, not so much, but we can have a nice game. And and you so I understand. Um, I understand that that. Uh, I understand the. Hey Marty, the- you don't know that. Okay, well, you, you, have you played? Have you played pickleball? Ever? Yeah. Yeah, I played. 
Oh, so he's, he knows. Yeah, oh, he yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is all. Uh, <laughs> this okay. is all. And, uh, and then you tennis people, I assume, while playing pickleball, are talking shit to the pickleballers because McEnroe. Yeah. Uh-huh. McEnroe did that million dollar thing with uh, Agassi. Yeah. Oh, Chang was in there too. Yep, and they did that million dollar yeah. thing. McEnroe was coming on this show to promote it the Wednesday beforehand, mm-hmm. and we're like, "All right, st- standard operating procedure for this type of thing is, hey, tell us about the event. Yeah, <laughs> how excited are you for it?" He goes, "Pickleball, really amateur, <laughs> just to- horrible Bullshit. sport. Knockoff. Fat people can play it." <laughs> yeah. He said, "If we're just if we're gonna put a chair in the middle of a." A tennis court, we could do that anywhere. And then he got out there, and you saw he didn't have it figured out early. But then he, his hands started, mm-hmm. he started, like, playing. There is an ability to get better. You guys just think that there isn't as much to do as the sport of tennis or not as athletic? I don't think anybody's comparing that, though, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it requires, a, you know, at the highest level, I'm sure it requires a lot of, I mean, we could try and find a court in Tahoe, though, if you want. I mean, there's got to be a court. Are you there. a player? You're a player, though, yeah. huh? You, you know those top guys. You're like McGuffin. I watch yeah. this guy's highlights. Mm-hmm. He's got great hair. Yep. He's commit. What's that? Tyson McGuff. He's a good player. Dude, he looks sweet, too. Good Super player. Great swag. Good player. <laughs> Are you in the pickleball league? Do we? Is this something we don't know? Uh, no, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. No. Ooh, the guy's a player. Yeah, he's he a knows. Player. I don't know. We only got a month. We stopped playing like two months ago. We were playing, though, for a bit. Well, and this Thunderball, too. We'll yeah, this is a different sport here. You're going to have to be able to move. This ain't that lazy nope. tennis pickleball stuff that you think. But we're not telling you exactly where we're serving. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got a little bit of, like, tennis. They say we got us. You know what I mean? Corner mm-hmm. to corner. We're not yeah. doing that here. No, no. 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 So you would probably be a little caught off guard. Speaking of caught off guard, I think Dustin Johnson putting up a snowman on a par four today certainly caught him off guard. We've seen some terrible shots. We've seen a couple hole-in-ones, long putts falling. Have you played at LACC? And what are your thoughts on this U.S. Open? How do you think it's going to pan out over the weekend? I've played a ton at uh, LACC. Um, I love that golf course. North course is an incredible course. Um, I'm shocked as to what they're doing uh what they did on the first day um, had a buddy of mine that's playing in there and I asked him if he was, if he shot one under every day, do you think he'd be in the mix? And he said, Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll be in the mix. So like them shooting, you know, two of the lowest rounds of us open ever. Um, well, I watched that DJ this morning, uh, making eight on number two there. I mean, the rough is really thick. The problem with that course is the, the fairways are super wide and these guys drive the ball so well, and their long irons, it doesn't matter how long the course is, their long irons, the way they hit those are are so, they hit the long irons like they hit, like you and I hit our wedges, like just in terms of at the flag, the distance control and all that stuff. So as far as the, the, the you know, they're making a big deal about the par threes being, you know, almost 300 yards or whatever, it doesn't matter. These guys hit five woods on a line, just like they hit their wedges on a line. And, and when the greens are that good and bank grass, when the greens are, I mean, they're just perfect. They're going to, you know, they put it on the line, they're going to make them and, and they're, they're showing why these guys are incredible. Yeah, I can't wait to see you be a pro golfer, and I'm getting a chance to watch a video of you being a pro pickleball player, like a fucking asshole and not telling us. What the hell? So this is you, not yet. That guy's trying to get you. He can't. I'm Marty Fish. I got these hands. Then all of a sudden, Bang! Backwards hat, far corner, backhand, absurd. I guess you're just cooking these people. Boom. Ooh. Another backhand. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> I'm Marty Fish. You're not. How many of these videos are on the internet? You were trying to set me up. Any amount of money you'd like to play. How, how many videos are, how serious do you take pickleball? You played a lot. 
I'm into that ESPN money. So there's, you know, there's, I'm trying to get a piece, you know. Um, I've played a couple of those, not a ton, a couple. I mean, I've, I've probably played 12 times in my life. You know, not a ton. 12? Yeah, but since he was yeah. 12 months old, come on, he's been fucking doing this thing here. You know what I mean? That probably helps a little bit. His dad, right, was a... A tennis oh, teacher. Yeah, I believe so. So he's literally been checking the fucking watch since he's a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Holding the baby, burping the baby. What are you doing? Well, checking the watch, bah, and then putting the baby back down. That's what you've been doing. That probably helps. Yeah, I'm out, Marty. Bull. Fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, we will see you at Tahoe. We appreciate the hell out of you. Who's winning the U.S. Open? Uh, I bet Ricky and Xander every single major because I think one of those two is going to win eventually and so i'm gonna be there when one of those two wins so i'm taking one of them are you going this weekend are you gonna be there marty fish hey how you doing i text steph curry and stuff i'm gonna go this afternoon um i just said steph not curry could have been anyone could have been any steph uh, <laughs> no, him uh, and papa shot he yeah. yeah i mean unless it's lethal shooter that's either lethal shooter mm-hmm. right i don't know his first name i don't believe stefan marbury yeah could have been. steph he can shoot i guess yeah i guess he could shoot pretty well that'd be about it steph uh I was trying to think if the WNBA had any staff. So. Probably. Mm. Uh, none that we Probably. know. None that would be like thrown around like that. No. Yeah. Stephanie McMahon. If it was like Sabrina texting me, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're okay. nice. Yeah. 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 Kelsey Plumtech, boom. This one's Kels. Steph. Yeah. It was Steph Curry. That's who it was. Yeah. Sorry about it. We do this every day. <laughs> Investigative journalists. Boom. Anyways, tell them we said hello. Hope life is good. Don't like what's going on with that ring on TV. Nope. That, but uh, you. So do you? Will you be at that golf tournament? Where will you be standing so we can kind of take a look? Yeah. Head out this afternoon um, and watch a little bit. Uh, walk around and and check out the course and stuff. I'm ex- I'm looking forward to it. What are you wearing? Like bright pink, bright yellow. So yeah. how do Stand we see? You? We'd like to see you. I wear a Pat McAfee shirt. If you don't, sent me one, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. LACC, we're not supposed to be out there. That no. course is way too nice. We appreciate the hell out of you. Yep, definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, Marty Fisher. Yeah, Marty! See you in Tahoe, pal. We got a guest joining us here in a few moments that we cannot wait for. Ryan McGee of Marty and McGee of yeah, ESPN Claim will be joining us to chit-chat about the College World Series this week. I'm going to be honest. This does not excite me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not a single piece of me yeah. that would like to talk about the College World Series. Okay? Not a single one. Nope. No offense to the College World Series. I assume you guys are going to be great. Yep. There yeah. is zero chance I'll watch this fucking thing ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw the clip, Texas-Stanford, where the Texas guy got the ball lost in the yep. light, and then yep. all of a sudden, worst night of that fucking player's yep. life. Oh, yeah. That's all. I mean, that's going to happen. So I was devastated for the Texas team. I hope all the athletes play great. I hope they all go into the majors and make billions of dollars. It's tough for me to watch the MLB with the best of the best. It's going to be even more difficult for me to watch, you know, college baseball. Mm-hmm. But they got a World Series taking place in Omaha, and I saw Peyton cut a promo with the Tennessee hat. I guess the volunteers are going to Omaha. Yep. Mm-hmm. And obviously, LSU. Omaha Productions happens. This is strictly an excuse to have Ryan McGee on the fucking program. Yep. Yes. Bingo. So Can't let's talk wait. college baseball World Series, mm-hmm. which is happening. Uh-huh. Yeah. Starts today. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Good luck to all of the teams. Just yep. started, actually. How First many game. teams are in the uh, eight. 
eight teams. We yeah. got, and then they go to the uh, final four immediately after yeah, this. Yeah, it's double elimination. So there's, you know, uh, like bracket. a loser's bracket and all that kind of stuff. It's funny you mentioned that, though, because they are saying this might be the uh, biggest pool of talent that it's there's ever been. Oh, so it's the best one. Potentially. There's, there's maybe okay. like seven of the top ten picks in the MLB draft could come out of the teams that are still alive. Do they have home there. field? or No, they're all in no, Omaha. all in Omaha. So, like, one of the cool things I saw, like, Ole Miss – Mm-hmm. Somebody hit a home run, and then there's 40 beers dumped on each other's heads mm-hmm. in the outfield. That's like, sweet. That's cool. Yeah, that, I didn't know that happened at baseball. That atmosphere during the comeback from COVID in Arkansas. Do you remember those stands? Unbelievable. So cool. As soon as that thing makes the thing, well, I mean, it was a full on. People's lives in jeopardy, but yeah, I guess it was cool. No, they all had masks on in their pockets. They did. They yeah. came there with their masks on. Everybody Same with the agreed. Notre Dame fans. Arkansas don't care. No, but everybody agreed that they didn't have COVID whenever they decided to go Smart. to the stadium. Mm-hmm. So everybody had a. Yeah, didn't they sell tickets strictly? To if you had no COVID, yeah. you remember when all had to breathe games? on the ticket. Yes, yep. And then you could potentially get into the game. So they're being safe. Yeah, I do remember. Tone to your point that there was. Listen, <laughs> since the beginning of United States of America, and I assume other places, there have been protests and rallies and people hitting the streets and everything like yep. that. Of course, no different. It will happen forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There will be people that will be passionate about something forever that they will hit the streets. This is just the way things go in a. Hopefully, freedom of speech society. Mm-hmm. Okay, some places you can't do it because whatever. But at the same exact time, one of the biggest ones of all time was happening. Yeah, the Notre Dame students charge a field because they'd be fucking Clemson. Uh-huh. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then what did all the headlines say? Oh, all these Notre Dame fans want to kill everyone in the world. All these football fans are trying to yeah. kill people. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't just put it on sports. Hold the, hold the phone. What the hell? Hold the phone. A massive upset. Yeah. Okay, there's people gathering all over the place. Listen. Mm-hmm. Especially then. Whatever you got to do, okay? And I assume everybody's keeping the COVID to themselves, even though you're saying that's not possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't just attack the sports people. No. But you're right. College baseball did have one of the first yes. moments whenever that bat hit that ball and it went real far and the place went bananas. Yes. But now it's in Omaha, so we don't even have that, right? We don't even have the... No, not exactly, but it is Omaha is a pretty crazy atmosphere when the college were like all of these. I'm teams, really talking myself out of this whole they thing. Travel well. the they do. They do. They travel well. It is actually like if you go there live, it is a great experience. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, they're competing with the US Open. Look, I like I get it. Baseball, kids, you know, this is like an elite eight double elimination. We got one of the four majors that we get to watch every year. And unfortunately, college baseball. This happens to be in prime time. So McGee's going to change our mind. Yeah, really? okay. McGee, and it's hard not to say. You, it's like back in the day, whenever um, you know, I'd be attempting to do a southern accent, mm-hmm. I would have to say "run, Forest." Yep. Run, and that was like my get in there. Mm-hmm. Now you just think of Ryan McGee. Yep. Just think of him. Yeah. You immediately go right into it. You yep. know what I mean? Boom! Molasses just starts dripping out of your mouth. I mm-hmm. fucking love it. Yeah. McGee's the best. He. I assume was told by so many people he had to change the way he speaks. GMAT probably, you know, talked him yeah. through the entire yeah. process. Yeah, for sure. Of how to do it all. <laughs> I don't, I don't yes. know. I don't know who GMAT is, but no, but yep. he's a legend. I heard mm-hmm. he is one of the best. The, but I assume that McGee was told by numerous people, numerous people, like, hey, can't be sounding like the fucking way you're sounding right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, we like the way you speak. It's fun. Mm. You cannot talk that way. And McGee said, you can go on and fucking shove it right down your pop. That's right. Give me a microphone. Let me fucking talk. Yeah. Fucking and, watch me. And he almost slowed that thing down even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why we respect and appreciate the hell out of yes. him. Ladies and gentlemen, ESPN legend. One of the voices of the South. Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan McGee. Yeah. yeah. Sir. How are we doing? Hey. 
fantastic now. I want to let you know, life just got better. It's a feel-good Friday. Didn't think I could really take it to the next level of feeling good. Then I see your face, and I hear your voice, and all of a sudden, boom! We're almost at the mountaintop of a feel-good Friday. I appreciate you joining us. How are you doing, pal? What are you up to? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm actually running errands today because I'm married. Uh, College World Series literally started like five minutes ago. I'm going out there next week. But look, I even wore my I wore my McGee Middle School track and field shirt. Somebody sent Hell that to yeah. me. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, it, and I was listening to you guys, and you don't even know how damn right you are. So I went, to, I, I went to Connecticut right out of the University of Tennessee and thought one day I'd like to be maybe on TV, radio, whatever. And everybody and – I, and I love Bristol. Love it. I, I've been at ESPN my entire adult life. Of course. But everyone treated me like a damn foreign exchange student. <laughs> like they would talk to me loud and slow, like, you know – do you like eating grinders and that kind of stuff? And I'm like, like, what the hell guys? It's a sandwich. But yeah, but, it, but, but, but and, and, and then they would say to me, they'd be like, we can't even understand what you're saying. And I'd be like, you don't, if you should hear some of these damn guys I went to high school with That's in right. Travers Rest, South Carolina, you don't even, so yeah, but it's, but it all worked out. And now Marty and I literally can't believe that the two guys, two guys that sound like us, we're, you're all supposed to sound like Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings, all that stuff when I was coming along. And now, you know, we sound like uh, Larry the Cable Guy, except it's real. <laughs> yeah. Well, whoa. Whoa, 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 he knows I'm joking. It's 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 all part of the deal. Yeah, of course, of course yeah. it is. Uh, well, we appreciate and admire that about you. And obviously, you just said you went to Tennessee, and there's numer- got a chance to go down there a couple times this past yeah. season with College Game Day. What yep. a place! What a beautiful place! What a yeah! What an absolutely beautiful place! Old Rocky Top is. But the reason why I knew this College World Series was happening is because Tennessee got in. Peyton did a promo with Omaha, obviously, to announce yeah. that Tennessee has gotten in there. Tennessee normally make it to College World Series. I know we're at eight teams. Who should we be looking at to be winning this thing? And how is it kind of aligned, do you think? You know, it's a really interesting mix because, you know, every year, you know, we say it's the eight best teams. The reality is, if you love the history of that event, and I do, I love College World Series so much, I cannot wait to get out there next week for the for the championship. But there's always an underdog team that crashes the party. Uh, you know, there's always a couple of big brand name teams. And then there's a couple of teams in the middle that we didn't expect to be there, you know, back in April. And and now they are. Tennessee is weird. You know, they have on paper, they should have been really good at baseball for a really long time. The reality is they went to the College World Series two years ago. They should have gone a year ago and, and they, they 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 lost in the Super Regionals. And now they're back this year. They've really only been great at baseball for the last handful of years. They've had great players. Uh, you know, Todd Helton, still best college hitter I've ever seen. Of all time. And, you know, yeah, one of the best two-way oh, athletes yeah. of all time. Oh, but yeah. uh, but they've just never been great. You know, LSU's been great, and South Carolina's been great, and Vanderbilt's been great, and, you know, all these schools have been great, and, and Tennessee's never gotten over the hump, but it feels like they have now if they can just stay out of their own way. Okay, who wins it, you think? LSU and Wake Forest are better than everyone else. It's just simple as that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're deeper. they got more talent. I can't believe I'm saying that about Wake Forest. I grew up in, in the Carolinas, and, and they've always – the last time Wake Forest was in the College World Series was night when they won it in 1955. Damn, Eisenhower was president. That's how long ago. <laughs> the, literally, I looked it up. The number one song in the country was Rock Around the Clock. Great That's song. Ago, yeah. But it's been around a long time. But they're so good, man, and they're so deep. But LSU uh, has the best pitcher in the country, Paul Skeens. They have the best hitter in the country, and Dylan Cruz – but they're both on this. They're on the same side of the bracket. 
so one of the two of them is going to be in the champion, probably be in the championship against someone from the other side. So, but I think I think it's the two of them and everyone else. Okay, excited to kind of watch it all unfold through the internet. I certainly won't be watching the games. I should though. Should I? I should watch. Good, good fun watch. Yeah, and, and this super really talented, uh, handsome guy like has written all the teases and all the essays and stuff for the broadcast. So, so he would appreciate you doing it. I'm talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good description of you. As soon as you said super handsome, I thought to myself, well, it's McGee or boom, who else? Or Marty. Who the hell is he talking about? It isn't him. Yeah. No, no, no. I was like, it must be. Him. I was trying to see who all could be in that class mm-hmm. of people that could be doing. It. How about that guy with that super deep voice that does the stuff for game day? What's his name? Uh, Southern Voice. Oh, uh, Sounds like he's literally just got done with a handle of actual fucking whiskey. Mm. You, about, oh, Wright Thompson. Yeah. yeah Boom. Right, my boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, when, when Wright and I have a conversation, uh, I'm pretty sure that about 30 seconds in, no one can understand what the hell we're saying except for the two of us. Now, he's, a, he's, one of the all, he, now he's, he's the modern-day Faulkner. He even lives in Oxford. <laughs> okay. Ty, it's a pleasure for you, McGee. Shout out, yeah, dude. McGee, where would you rank the co- – I mean, you are kind of the king of uh, – I don't want to say the obscure sports because, you know, like yeah. racing and stuff like that is obviously a massive yeah. draw in the South. But where would you rank the College World Series kind of in like the pantheon of those like – I don't want to even say second tier, but events that most people aren't typically going to. Like what's so great about it when you go in person? My favorite sporting events – and I take what you just said as a huge compliment. And, yeah. and my, my favorite sporting events are the ones that are such an intricate part of the identity of their towns that you can't imagine the event without the city and you can't imagine the city without Fuck the event. Daytona. Right. 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 So, right. Daytona 500, Indianapolis 500, uh, Kentucky Derby, the Rose Bowl. You know, you can't imagine Augusta and the Masters. You mm-hmm. can't imagine those places without those events. And Omaha is even if you don't care a thing about baseball in general, but particularly college baseball, it's the it's the, one of the biggest parties I've ever been to. And it goes on for more than a week. And, you know, my wife just basically says, I know you're not going to call me this week. Have a good time. You know, the good news is I don't have to do a lot of TV. I'm usually just as a sports writer. And as a sports writer, you're allowed to drink as much as you want. And so <laughs> that's that's what – but it is but it is it's just the atmosphere of it. And the, the, the old ballpark, Rosenblatt Stadium, is gone. Um, but the, uh, but, but the spirit of that old ballpark is now after 12 years, it's in the new ballpark and it's just the atmosphere around it. It's like Wrigley, you, you know, people yeah. go and don't even, don't even go to the damn games, right? They just, there's all these rooftop bars and, and it's just, um, it's like a homecoming. And what happens is teams and fan bases love it so much. Like Texas fans will be there, even though Texas didn't make it to the college world series. And heartbreaker LSU's too. There, hey, heartbreaker yeah, but, how they lost. Oh, oh. I'm not. I've never seen anything like that. I've never, I feel so bad for those kids. I've never seen anything like that, the way that ball dropped between four guys. And it was, uh, but, but their fans will go anyway, because once you go, it's so much fun. People at ESPN fight over the assignment. Like literally, if they don't get it, they're angry. And so it's just fun to go to. If I ever got you guys there, y'all would end up buying a condo in Omaha. Like it's the coolest. So come on, come on. I'll take you. Hold on. Is it on? It's on ESPN, obviously. Mm hmm. Yeah, so on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN Plus, the app, all the platforms. But going yeah, it's on forward? ESPN right now. Going forward, yeah, just too? Go, yeah, going forward, and the championship will be on, on ESPN, big ESPN, next uh, uh, next weekend, Saturday, Sunday, maybe even Monday, oh. and and, uh, and I'll be there. Yeah, so awesome that you're there. 
there's no reason we shouldn't be there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why would no, no. why wouldn't we be there? That sounds like something we could just go live from next year, probably. Yeah, huh? is, there, is there spots no, for if that? Y'all, if if y'all came, there, there's a place called the Blatt, which is named after Rosenblatt Stadium. That is like a rooftop bar. That literally, when you're watching the broadcast, you can see it down the right field line. If you guys did oh. this show on the roof of that building, oh. it would be one of the greatest experiences of oh. all time. And then, I'll, and I'll, and obviously, what? I would Gone. I would do shamelessly do Marty McGee from y'all set on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Sounds good. I'm learning more about the on live location stuff too. As I kind of, yeah. I'm getting baptized into yeah. the full. ESPN access. What do we have access to? Also, what does it take to do what? It's been interesting to learn about the worldwide leader, the place that you've worked at for a long time. Sounds like we're going to be there next year, though. That's sick. Speaking of culture in like a city kind of embodying something, Tony has a question for you, McGee. Thank you. Thank you. You mentioned Omaha, the Rose Bowl, Daytona, Indy 500, Kentucky Derby, Myrtle Beach Bowl. Okay. Oh, son. Boom. Myrtle Beach. What are you talking about? Yeah, Myrtle Beach Bowl. Are we worried that with conferences realign and stuff like that, that we are going to lose Marty and McGee at the Myrtle Beach Bowl? <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know, we didn't get to go last year because Jesus. of the way. I tell you what's going to happen is, so so listen, we're all for expanded playoff, right? Everyone agrees on that. But did you hear the, the reaction when we got, like, the dates of the championship games for the next few years and we realized it's on, like, January the 20th? What? And so. What happened? Right. No, no. The, so, the, the, so with the expanded twelve-team playoff, this thing's going to start in December and it's going to go to almost the end of January. And so, my question Dang, is: a long I'm a bowl, college football I'm a, season in it. That's going to be a long <laughs> yeah, day season. Yeah. And, few, and, and, and they're going to back weeks. the start up into August. We're, we're going to start in the middle of August and end at end of January. And I listen. I say this all the time. I love Sunday football. I love Saturday football. I don't like my Saturday football to look like Sunday football. And so, to your point. I'm a bowl game guy. I love them. I love all of them. I don't want these damn things to get eaten up and go away Amen. because of the damn playoff, right? Yeah. I don't want my Saturdays to look like my Sunday. Yeah. What, no, I, what I are we doing? What are we doing here? Yeah. I, I I want the damn clock to stop on first downs. I want you know. I want I want I want my college football to look like college football, and I want my pro football to look like pro football. And I feel like it's all turning into the same thing. And I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, but I want to let you know, like. With that accent and those words, like it's just such a perfect statement to make. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want this. I appreciate I want that. To, I want to clock stop on first downs. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. take it back the way it fucking was. <laughs> yeah. What are we, why yeah. are we going to change everything to make it? I didn't know though that I was potentially signing up. Did, 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 did we know this? No. When did that information? No. no <laughs> hey, that's clue. a long college game day run. That's uh, yeah. January 20th. Yeah. Four more, five yeah. more shows. Let's go. It's a good time. Yeah, you, Can't wait to get out there. Yeah. But at some point, going to need a nap. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, that's a full. Uh, I, lo- I love you guys so much, but I also love being married. And at some point, I got to go the hell home. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, McGee, you are the absolute best. Connor, you have a question for McGee. Yeah, McGee, uh, last time we checked in on the NASCAR world, Ross Chastain was just beating the hell out of some punk after he walked up to him. What's going on in NASCAR? Do we have any more brawls or rivalries brewing right now? It's, It's Ross Chastain versus the world, man, and it's weird because he's the nicest guy. And back, back yeah. when he was kind of this underdog, you know, it's, it's funny, right? It, it works this way in all sports. You know, the nice guy that's kind of underfunded and, you know, he was sponsored by his family's watermelon farm and all that stuff. He was a great story. 
soon as he started whipping people, suddenly guys don't like him anymore, right? Now he's got a bad attitude and he's spoiled and all this stuff. And so I tell you this, I've been covering motorsports for a long time and the silver spoon, you know, versus you know, this, this perception of this guy's spoiled rotten, whatever else. And it, it, the, but I can tell you this, in the, the, all the time I've been doing it, the list of guys who were like Ross that everyone else hated and picked on and whatever else, and it was him versus the garage, that's Jeff Gordon and it's Brad Keselowski right. and it's Kevin Harvick. And it's right. all these guys that are in the Hall of Fame. Carl Edwards. Is that a watermelon? It's a Chastain. the watermelon? It's a Chastain yeah. family watermelon. Yep. Yep. to us. Yeah. They, they grew that's this it. watermelon right no. here. Gorgeous. No, they do. But but I, I tell Ross this all the time because I, I, I love that guy. Don't worry about him hating you because that's the biggest compliment they can give you and it usually works out pretty well for the guy when it's the guy versus the world so Tell he's, him again. he's a i love that dude i they, love that dude they hate you because they ain't you boom yeah. okay right. if their family created these seedless watermelons that Woo. we've been enjoying in this office they'd be fucking yeah. pissed off i'd be pissed off too yeah. juicy melon you no, no. can't, you can't no. blame them you know what i mean it makes you mad because he's a nice guy and he wins races and and don't push him by the way because clearly he'll punch you in the face and and, and it's a good punch and they make delicious watermelons. I don't know what the hell else you would want as an American, but to have that list on your resume. <laughs> I concur yeah. completely. Speaking of America and Saturday football, what's going on, you know, with college football? What do you think here? Okay, because right now it seems Kirby's the guy. Yep. Yep. David yeah. Pollock said it right to Reese, right in front of Nick Saban's face. Mm-hmm. It became a yep. thing on the internet, obviously huge. David Pollock says something in front of Saban. I think Pollock was just like, hey, stating a matter of fact. Bingo. And then Saban, I don't yeah. even know if he was listening to him or not, but he certainly gave a, yeah, that's right. Mm. Do you think this is a year where Alabama is able to get back on top of the mountain? And what do you think about college football as a whole? You know, because Michigan has beat Ohio State two times. That mm-hmm. seemingly is the SEC team of the North, Ohio State. But Michigan's getting into the conversation. TCU, what are you talking about? How do they end up in the national championship? And then obviously it goes the way it goes. How do you feel about the state of college football right now? And what do you think the future of it looks like? You know, it's funny because I think that the end result is the end result. And Georgia's won two in a row, and they got a chance to be the first to win three in a row since Minnesota like 100 years ago and all that stuff. But the reality is Ohio State should have won that game in the playoff. And the reality is is that Alabama, Bryce Young wasn't even practicing half the year because he was hurt. And and even even with that, you go back to the Tennessee game, you go back to a couple of games, and Alabama was just a, a few seconds away from playing for another national championship. So, yes, uh, Georgia's out there, but I don't think the gap is as big as it appears. But the reality is now they've been there and done that. And the knock on Georgia forever was they couldn't get over the hump. Now they know how to get over. I, I feel good about college football as far as um, I think the expanded playoffs can be fine, schedule aside. I think it's great that, that smaller sc- – I worry about mid-major schools and being left behind, mid-major conferences being left behind – but now they can recruit on the playoff. Coastal Carolina and, and these guys can go on the road. San Diego State can go on the road and say, you know what, you come here, you've got a chance to be in the college football playoff. And that's a fact. Um, but I do worry, and Kirby Smart and, and Nick Saban have said this to my face, I worry about what realignment means. Because, again, go back to NASCAR. I watched NASCAR get so far away from what got it to where it was, and they just assumed that the old school fans would hang around no matter what, and they didn't. And I worry about that with college football because, uh, you know, it's just – it still – again, it has to resemble the game 
that made people fans in the first place. And if you get too far away from that, and that's realignment and it's scheduling and it's all that stuff, then, um, you know, you think they're just going to hang around. And the reality is if they don't like what they see anymore, they'll go find something else to do. And so that, that's the health of the sport is great right now. I just want to make sure that it's okay for 10 and 15 years down the road. And, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. The reason why they'll go find something else to do is because they, I feel like any fan base that is like super passionate, which is, the pageantry of college football, the passionate fan bases are a massive piece mm -hmm. of what the allure of college football is if you're watching it. Getting to do game yep. day was amazing because, like, getting a yep. chance to experience the, hey, my fodder, my fodder's fodder, mm -hmm. my fodder's 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 fodder have been tailgating yep. at this exact spot right here for however yep. long, and they live three hours away. They drive in, everything. Like, the fan bases are a massive piece of the product that is college football. That's why game day is so spectacular. Those motherfuckers are out there at 3 a.m., 2 a.m. Going nuts. Waiting yep. to just cheer for us talking about football for at least half the show, not the football game that they are going to <laughs> yeah. or not the team that they're And they're still, because of how passionate they are, those people, I feel like, can get the most offended like they feel like the yep. game is like like kind of forgetting about them or moving on from them. Now, obviously, we experienced that in a minor way. Whenever we announced we're going to ESPN, and our fans were the most pissed off. Some of our fans were the most pissed off because they thought they were going to lose something. I, th I hope it was this, and not just taking a shot at me for no reason. They thought they were going to lose something that we kind of, you know, have have done for a long time together. And it's like, well, I don't think it's going to be the case, but like the college football fans, you offend them like personally, they are, they would, I think potentially just out of spite be like, I've given so much to this. We have given so much to this and they don't respect or appreciate us. It's an interesting dichotomy almost. And to hear you say like, Hey, they'll stop watching if this shit goes. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think that is a reality that yeah. I don't think I've ever really talked yep. about or thought about. I, I wrote a column about it. Um, I think it was after the the uh, the USC UCLA news, or it might have been after Oklahoma Texas. But I wrote a column again, go back to my motorsports experience. You know, I, I worked at NASCAR. The only time I wasn't at ESPN for a couple of years, I worked at NASCAR at NASCAR Productions, which is like you know NFL films with race cars. But I sat in those meetings, man, and, and I watched people who didn't know a damn thing about racing and who were just there to try to get a promotion and go do something. Hey, else. that pissed you they, off, McGee? Huh? That pissed yeah. you off. And I, I didn't have the power to, 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 I didn't have a vote, but I was sitting in these meetings and they would make these, these sweeping decisions and changes to leave certain markets and to, we're not going to play country music on this anymore or whatever else. And, and I get, it's a delicate balance between, you know, the old guys with the money, right? That you have to keep happy, but then also, you know, staying relevant with the younger generation. But if you get so far off where you were, then one day you wake up and you're like, where the hell are those old gray haired guys that pay for everything go? Where'd they go? They left because you got so far. Listen, I was out in LA. My wife got her master's degree back in May. I was out in LA for graduation. Yeah. Thank you. And we were, but, but, but we were at the Shrine Auditorium, which is right on the USC campus. And I'm standing out front with my suit and tie on waiting to go into my wife's graduation. All of a sudden this guy dressed head to toe in his Trojan stuff. He goes, McGee from across the street. I go, yeah. He goes, what the hell are we doing? Oh. And he was talking about going to Rutgers, right? And going to Maryland and instead of going to Stanford and instead of going to Arizona State. So just, again, don't chasing money is really easy to do. But one day That's you wake it. up and you're sleeping on a big pile of money alone. Yeah. So just be careful about that, right? Yeah. And I've had to, wait, we've had to have those conversations yeah. as well. It's like tradition versus 
evolution as well? Like, how do you continue yep. to evolve while also maintaining what has got you there? And I think college football is a massive piece of it. I was there, you were there. It was in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a college football like symposium thing almost that ESPN put together. That was like the first yeah, day. Our big meeting, yeah. Yeah, the big meeting down there. I got to meet a lot of people. Had some beers with people. What? It was very, it was very cool. But they did a like a graph of the ages of who's watching college football. And yeah. Like here's the graph, and yeah. I was like, damn, okay, so yeah, the old heads are running this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you yep. start you start yep. viewing the production of college football a little bit differently whenever the numbers that are saying like, hey, forty and older, like. Numbers massive a lot of them. because it's still the tradition yeah. and thankful of it, and they have to respect and appreciate that. But they're also going to try to evolve. And all you need is two bad people in two powerful positions, and anything can get yeah. fucked. You know what I mean, McGee? Yep. That's real deal. Yep. And that's yep. yeah, that's why we're happy. You seemingly are going to be in more positions. Yeah, yeah. We need more of you, McGee. We fucking love you over here. I need more of you boys. That was one of my one of my favorite things. Is y'all don't even understand. We were so we were about to go live on Marty McGee at the National Championship game, and you guys started yelling, "McGee, come over here!" And I ran over to y'all set, and the producers on my ear going, "Where the hell are you going?" <laughs> I go, I go, McAfee called. So I ran over there with y'all showing there, and then ran back to my set. But you, hey, you guys call me anytime because this is uh, this has been too much fun, and uh, I'll even wear my my McGee Middle School oh, yeah. track and field shirt for y'all again. Yeah, we need a couple of those, I think. Yeah, for uh, sure. I don't know if we're fast enough, but I think we yeah. would love to be on the McGee <laughs> track and field team back in middle school. We appreciate you, man. We really do. Hey. You, you're you're a one of one. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you and Marty hey. both. Uh, I appreciate that, and we uh, we appreciate you boys. I always feel like we're all kind of kindred spirits. So one one day we need to do like a we need to do like a super team uh, mashup, and we'll all we'll all do our shows at the same time. Okay, I like that. I was actually thinking of this concept where like um, whatever ESPN looks like here in a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. we should yeah. certainly do like a mm-hmm. right in there like a, like a massive show? cabin you can get somewhere oh yeah oh for like a weekend yeah you know where everybody's like powwow team bond yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know and we'd put up money for that i think a lot of other people would as well and just kind of have a couple drinks kind of kind of have a couple drinks learn about each other a little chit chat (laughs) about what it is and uh we're thankful to be a part of your team ladies and gentlemen ryan mcgee thank you thank you so you you asked about that myrtle beach bowl yep I was trying to remember when the last time I saw it, and they said they didn't send us last year. It's like, oh, so it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The only exactly. reason why we knew it Stop. happened is because McGee and Marty were cutting promos on my Instagram yeah. for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Right. It was like, there it is. What an awesome thing he just said. Let's not get too far. The gray hairs will. Right. Listen, mm-hmm. if we keep fucking pushing them, right? I, mm-hmm. None of us like it, but they, they're a stubborn bunch, right? I mean, aren't yeah. they? And if they feel like you've done too much. They'll fucking leave. Yeah. They'll call it. Well, they do. They'll go read a book every day instead mm-hmm. of fucking do that. Yeah. So we got to read. Yeah, I guess that was probably whenever they put it in the three stages. Yeah. And he started moving new cities. We're going to hey, do this. Me off. We're going to do that. What's that? Pissed me off. That's what. Well, think about the NASCAR purist. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this ain't what Dale did. What the fuck? Yeah. And exactly. the national team pounded on the table, said, I fucking quit right now. I'll see y'all later. And they said, we ain't watching either. And I go back to the, you know, when the. The kneeling during the national anthem mm-hmm. happened with the NFL, and I really wish that there was some more communication early there. Mm. You know what I mean? By the yeah. players? I really wish that, no, from all parties. Yeah. Because, boy, what I think one side was trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, what they yeah. were trying to do, mm-hmm. 
was not what was being heard by the other side at all. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's no progress that's going to take place, although I do believe things have gotten better in that particular regard because of the whole thing. So I think there was a pros. There was, there was certainly positives that have come from it. I think the NFL has given like 800 some million dollars. I don't, I don't know what the actual number is, but it's huge. There's certainly been pros that have come from it. But there for a bit, whenever they were talking about like the ratings going down and like football being yep. lost, I think a lot of people in the sports media didn't fully comprehend what like the middle of America who have a lot of family and friends that are all in the military. Like mm -hmm. pretty much every single human out here has a relative that is seemingly in the military. Not every human, yeah. but you get it. No Jordan, one for sure. There is a lot of military people. So whenever the messaging was, hey, they're disrespecting the military because they're kneeling during the national anthem, as soon as that got into somebody's head, it was like, fuck these people. And it was boom, 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 boom. And the ratings went down and everything went down. And that was like when McGee was laying that out, I'm like, yeah, because I don't think the people in like New York and L.A. fully comprehended that there was people like – protesting out here. Oh, yeah. Like, don't watch the NFL. People, mm -hmm. like, holding actual signs and putting up posters in their front yard. Fuck the NFL. It's like, I don't think people knew that out there. You can potentially push, but how do you... Mm -hmm. That's yeah, a you, fine... Yeah, you spread know? the message, not isolate anyone while still getting your message across. No, not only that, but, like, in college football, how like do you... Like trying to oh, evolve, yeah. but not... Mm -hmm. How do you go forward yeah. without mm -hmm. potentially... Like, I'm not a huge fan of... I'm not, like... USC and UCLA playing Rutgers, I agree. Like, that's, it just doesn't feel... It's ridiculous. Yeah, but I mean, they're going to play probably a shit game somewhere through the season. No, no offense to Rutgers or UConn that's potentially getting into the Big 12. Yeah, what the hell? Let's get the West Virginia out of there. I mean, yeah. we don't need to be back in Darius Butler and Dan Orlovsky's schools mm -hmm. conference. It might be a basketball conference now. Well, Kansas won the natty. Yeah, UConn. and then UConn won it. So. They might be calling the shots. Yeah. Just like the ACC was with basketball. Uh-huh. No, it's the big and The Natty, goal. sure, the Natty will be 10 days later, and is that a lot? But if you're you're then into, like, the divisional weekend of the NFL. Yeah, and the like, handoff is pretty sweet. Yes. I was strictly thinking about sleeping in a, no, no, on know. the road for would, another week. It yeah. would be divisional on Sunday, Natty on Monday. I did enjoy the shit out of that game day year last year, though. Yeah. That, was, that was a lot of fun. And the national championship. That whole awesome. entire week yeah. was sweet. It was. Yeah. It was. Actually being out yeah. there with, yeah. with Marty. You know what? Was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Marty. I'm thinking it was awesome. Yeah. It was. We went to hang out Marty, specifically because of Marty. How about everybody being, like, uberly nice to us, too, because they didn't fully understand? Yep. Or yeah. Nobody really knew what was going on ever. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Pat's entire cruise here? Yeah, okay, all good. That's, like, kind of how they act. Yeah. yeah. Not that that's a normal thing. Yeah. But just kind of, yeah, how's it going? Uh, hey, we're thinking, you th what do you want? Do you want to kind of host a segment there? Maybe get Connor Darius in there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to do that. College game day, Connor Campbell's going to be on? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, we would certainly like to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is something we would like to do. So it's like everybody was so kind to us. Yes. Coaches seemingly very nice to us. Yeah. I guess that's a game day experience. So we got to experience college football at a different, like, spoiled era yes very much understand that i did not deserve all that but it was last year was incredible it really mm -hmm. was and i can't wait to get back in there and it sounds like now the season's going to be longer in the beginning and in the end but let's go let's go mm -hmm. enjoy the hell out Got of it. see that rock climber fucking perform at the espn party yeah mike posner is a mountain climber uh, not a rock climber everest but he is also a musician who did a concert at altitude in the middle of a mountain oh. and uh what really? i heard 
the audio was incredible because the air is so much thinner than Oh, yeah, that would make mm. sense. It's almost as if you're listening in the booth with him, no matter where you're sitting in the mountain. Now, to get to there, I think you had to hike a few thousand feet. Mm. So your audience is kind of capped a little bit, but it sounded fucking awesome. Yeah, and their captain doesn't matter because he just tells them to sit down anyways and shut the fuck up. And so it, whether they're tired or not, it doesn't. It doesn't Honor, really that's matter. not what happened. If you're going to get yeah. access that's, to seeing Posner perform. Hey, that's my truth. You need to accurately describe what happened. That's where he performed? I saw it. I don't know if he was singing up there, but he could. He is properly jocked right now. He is. Great shape. He's in incredible shape, Mike. Yep. Did Corso, Cole Corso up there with him playing the sax again? Or? So there was a saxophone player that was with Posner at the ESPN National Championship Party in which mm -hmm. we were thrusted onto a red carpet when we showed up two and a half hours late on purpose. That's right. <laughs> yep. showed up Fake and, dump. Showed up two and a half hours. Bingo. Showed up two and a half hours late on purpose so we didn't have to miss. We could miss the whole... Traffic at the front. Yeah, mm -hmm. the bowl. All the stuff. We want to get in there, have a good time. We heard Posner's performing. Let's go do this. this We're lucky fun. to be there. Somehow, red carpet's still on. Yep. We get there. I'm mm -hmm. on cloud 5,000. Oh, yeah. They actually, like, you have, please, will you please do it? It's like, no, like, I should not be doing this. No chance. Come on, please. You'll be the last one. <laughs> you're on this list. Look, you're on this list to do this whole thing. Did, no, we'd be very grateful. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm getting guilt tripped into this thing. I guess we'll do it. So I tried to find Earth. I tried to come back down a little bit. Right. Then did a little conversation in my head. I'm like, never coming to one of these again. Ever. Mm -hmm. Never, ever coming to one of these again. Not going to do it. This is exactly what I thought would happen. I hate it. Then we go inside. Damn, yeah. Oh, awesome. It was fucking electrifying. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so sweet. They had the trophy in there. Big that was awesome. Massive room, yep. free booze everywhere. What? Basically, every human that you could encounter or think about from college football world is there. The authority. Yeah. Pete Thamel's yeah. getting getting boozed up in the corner. Great mm -hmm. fingy food. There, it was good. And then Posner took the stage and yeah. fucking rocked it. Yeah. Killed well. it. And the saxophone player was... You Lee. guys are calling him Lee Corso. Coach right? Corso. It was. That was yeah. not his name. He did not look like Coach Corso at all either. I, I don't know how that is the thing, but anytime you bring it up, you're trying to act as if what Mike Posner did wasn't the show-stealing <laughs> performance. It wasn't. Foxy, please tell these guys. Mike Posner is one of the greatest musicians of our era. All right? oh, and that night Fox. specifically Too was much. one of the greatest nights of my life because we got to see Mike Posner and because we got to Well, we didn't there? walk was, the red carpet. There? Yes, yeah. I was there, Tony, and I was screaming was Mike's name loud the entire time. Was he? Well, was you. Yeah, I didn't make it. I started drinking about 6 a.m. that morning. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a long flight from uh -huh. Indy to L.A. Yeah. Right away, right <laughs> yeah. away. Actually, yeah, I had about yeah you know, six doubles on the on the flight on the way. Mm -hmm. Or first class, you know, it's included. Yeah. So get there at ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what are you What are you gonna do? Yeah, you, six a.m. local. You started six a.m. local. Yeah. yeah, I was I was in the bag by the time you missed who? Who'd you miss? You missed Marty. Miss right? Marty. Yep. Uh, Missed. I believe, who else are we running? I you guys, I miss. I miss Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. We saw him. Which, I, I think me, I was, showed up from a flight. You guys were assholes in the middle of the bar. Fucking all cheered when I got yeah. there. I had to leave. Tony Diggs. That was the last time I saw a tie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a great day. That place that you got kind of cheered out of. Yeah. That great awesome. spot. Yeah. Uh -huh. So awesome. Great spot. Best it, old fashions, you know, in the greater LA area. <laughs> I think so. Mm -hmm. Ty wasn't the only one too. D Butch was down. Yeah. He almost um, fell asleep in the bar. Yeah. If we do. 
recall. Oh, yeah, had to do a couple of ta- pats on the back. Yeah, during Titans Jags. Excuse me, wakey, That's wakey, D, but yeah, we we're watching NFL in that place. Yeah, yeah. the winner goes to the playoffs. Anyways, we're excited for more college football now that yeah. we've taken a further examination, but it is going to be a little tiring in those places. There's much harder jobs. We're lucky to do what we do. Shout out to McGee for joining us. Let's go to the Five Energy phone lines. As we wrap up this Feel Good Friday, let's go to Moses, Long Beach, California. That sounds like a fake name. What's going on? The Red Sea. What do you mean it sounds like a fake name, Pat? Well, I just don't think I've ever met a Moses. I, I obviously have learned of the Moses in right. the book, the most highest selling book of all time. Yep. And Moses had a very vital say in it all because Moses did the part of the Red Sea and yeah. said, hey, you can walk right through here as your haters are chasing you. That's they right. won't be able to Bingo. catch you. Yep. Shout out to Moses doing his thing saying, and let there be land mm-hmm. when there was a bunch of fucking water. Yep. What would you like to talk about, Moses? And is that your actual name? Yeah, man, it's actually Moses on the birth certificate and everything. That's Pat, a great right? name. Yeah, great. that's a great name, Moses. Shout out to you and your parents. What do you want to talk about, boss? Uh, yeah, man, I uh, just wanted to say, hey, Pat, Ty, Tone, screw you, Connor. Um, we wanted to just say, Why is it? Feel good I don't have a, I don't have a kid. Oh, just wanted to see uh, oh. what do you guys think about Josh Jacobs. Uh, is he going to sign that franchise tag or, you know? What like do you think, Moses? Moses, you're a Raiders fan? It seems like that is a situation that's kind of been boiling, right? You go all the way back to the Hall of Fame game last year. Josh Jacobs, only player really playing in there that we had ever heard of. It was an XFL-USFL yeah. exhibition mm-hmm. in that Hall of Fame game, and Josh Jacobs was right in the middle of it getting like 20 carries. Yep. So it seemed like it started a little rocky. Then he gets a C back on his chest and starts getting a lot of playing time. Hurts himself, has to throw a ball. Contract conversation is where it is. What do you think it is? Seems like it's fixable with Josh McDaniels or not? I, I'm hoping Josh McDaniels is a dang answer. I mean, I've been watching the Raiders for years now. Jack Del Rio, uh, Come on. Gruden and everything. Like, I'm just trying to make sure we got it on track. You know, the Patriot way, bringing it to Vegas. I'm just hoping something goes right for us finally. Okay, Moses. Well, good luck because the Chiefs are looking very good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Chiefs look very good. And we're watching a quarterback documentary where Patrick Mahomes is right in Max Crosby's face. Talking shit, yeah. headbutting each other. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a competitive beast, as is Max, obviously an absolute mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be no cakewalks in that AFC West at all. Nope. So the Raiders have to figure it out. And Darren Waller, one of your best weapons, you just signed to a long-term deal, saying, give me the fuck out of here. I can't yes. do this. Is a wild move. But I'm sure it's all for good. All for good. It'll get figured out. Joining us now is a man that broke some news that the NBA had been waiting on Ooh. for a long, long time. Remember, there was a couple incidents with a superstar player for the Memphis Grizzlies named John Morant, where he was brandishing a gun recklessly. Can't do that, obviously, as an NBA player, an NBA superstar. You're a bad influence. You're kind of ruining and diminishing the name. If you want to own guns and it's legal, completely go ahead and do that. We don't need you flashing them, throwing them around, acting as if having a gun and maybe shooting somebody is the cool thing to do, is what Adam Silver said to him whenever he suspended him the first time. Then whenever it happened again on another IG story where he's driving and throwing it around, Adam Silver comes out and says, I'm disappointed. Yeah, very not in my league. I don't like this happening at all. Mm-mm. I thought we had an understanding. This guy pissed me off. Yeah. And then they said, we will wait till the offseason to announce the suspension and uh, punishment for John Moran. Mm-hmm. It has been announced through this man's Twitter account. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NBA insider for the stadium, the athletic, and FanDuel TV, Sham Sharani. Shams, let's dive into it. Congrats on the breaking news, although it's not great news. What is the punishment? What is it equal to? And is this what we all expected? 25 games, that's about 30% of the, of the next NBA season, about 8 to $10 million in lost pay for John Morant next year. He's going into a massive 
five-year, $190 million contract extension that he signed uh, last summer. Um, but I think another layer to all this is he's not going to be eligible now, Pat, for MVP, uh, all NBA teams, any of the major awards. He's not going to be eligible for that this year. And so this is 25 games where he got eight games at the end of the regular season uh, this past season. He had an incident in the Denver nightclub. We talked about it. He was brandishing a gun on his own Instagram live. He was waving a gun, showing a gun. And that's what led to his eight-game suspension from the team. Um, and I think at that point, a lot of people were saying that it was light. You know, whether you're a basketball fan, whether you're – I was talking to other NBA teams. They're saying, how did John Rant only get eight games? But he got those eight games, and then he comes back. The, the Grizzlies lose uh, in, in the playoffs this year in the second round. Shut and I think books. now – after it happens, two months later, uh, the same incident happens. And John Moran met with Adam Silver and told Adam Silver, this is not going to happen again. He was very contrite. I think everyone believed in John Moran. Everyone still wants to believe in John Moran. Um, but the incident happens again, and the NBA's investigation, th- this is important, Pat. It found that John Moran had full understanding, awareness that he was showing the gun wow. on, on a live stream. And he was fully aware that it was – on his Instagram, on his friend's Instagram live. So he had full, you know, senses. He was fully aware of what was going on and he did it. Um, And so now 25 games, another interesting wrinkle is the league. It's a minimum basically of 25 games because they're going to put him through a process. He's going to have to meet certain conditions to make it back on the floor. Um, But this is interesting. I'm told that John Morant will have a say in those reinstatement process he's going to be able to have a a voice and be able to dictate with the league the grizzlies the nbpa to really find out exactly what that reinstatement process is going to be like and show everyone that he's learned but yeah i mean this is just tough for the grizzlies and and finally what we've been waiting on for the last uh, couple months well thank you for all that information it would be funny if uh adam silver said this is what you gotta do you gotta post 15 times a day okay if you can survive Two weeks without any of those posts involving you <laughs> recklessly brandishing gun, yep. you'll be back in. Okay, simple. So we need you to actually do more social media mm-hmm. as opposed to less. What could it potentially be that he would have to pass a few steps, like what, other than not posting himself doing something that they just told him not to do? What would it be? Having other types of discipline and control, and other like what? How does that look? You think? I, I, my sense is is that it's pretty open ended. Uh, I think the league wants John Morant to be a part of of dictating and, and being able to set exactly what that is. I don't think John, I mean clearly this just came down. I don't think John Morant knows exactly what that process could be. I don't think the league fully knows. But Adam Silver, one thing he said today in his statement is this is beyond basketball, right? Like basketball has to take a back seat. Um, and I think it's just about figuring out a way where John Morant can show everyone, can show himself, uh, can show the Grizzlies, the organization, the league, um, that this is not going to happen again, that he's understanding of what happened. So I, I honestly don't know. Like, like, do you meet with, you know, what if he has to pass a test? Like, what if he has to pass a test of finding phones that are filming him? Oh, you know that'd be I mean? sweet. Like, uh, gun away. Okay. Uh, don't do something stupid. Okay. Uh, there's a camera on. Why? I should just do this in my fucking house. Okay. Uh, this is all. Like, is that so? You're saying gun awareness camps? It, it, listen, I, I'm just throwing. I'm just throwing different things out there. Like, you know, when when Kyrie Irving. Let, let's let's look at something that was somewhat similar, but not really. But like Kyrie Irving, when we, when he went through his his suspension during the year, the NBA really led it up to him to kind of show them uh, that he's moved past the link. And he met with a few 
um, that movie, you know, the movie. Yeah. Jewish groups. And so I, I think just whatever initiative that John Morant decides to take, uh, now listen, he might decide to take no initiative. I don't know. You know, I'm not John Morant, but I'm saying clearly what it yeah. seems like is the league wants him to show some level of initiative to show that, listen, this happened once, um, this happened twice, this is not going to happen a third time. And I think what people around the Grizzlies, I think what people around the league, what they all want is for John Morant to be back on the floor and be back to being John Morant, which is just a positive, I think, figure. I think anyone that knows John Morant knows he's a, he's a good person, good heart. Oh, yeah. And I think they want they want him to basically um, you know, show that through his actions and not just words yeah he just got a mature man it's it's not easy getting a lot of money whenever you're young it's not easy having a lot of attention and spotlight not every time is it handled perfectly he obviously just has to grow up i think that is probably what a lot of people are thinking like hey these are things you can't do anymore all right you're john morant you're one of the faces of not only the league but powerade yep. and nike i believe oh, yeah. and everything else like hey come on now you got to be a fucking all right you got to be an adult now. So there's some things you won't be able to do. Hopefully he'll be able to accomplish that. And to your point, I guess there is a chance he just says, no, I'm not going to prove that I, I won't be brandishing a gun on a phone anymore. And they put him in like an obstacle course. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, if you can complete this obstacle course with getting all the questions right. One of them is like maybe at a restaurant. How do you tip? How do you talk? How do you handle? How do you do this? Somebody tries to push you. Do you fight them? No, you walk out. Let's go into the next room. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be like somebody, there'll be like some music on and like, Hey, we're filming in a fucking rap video. And then he looks at it and he says, one gun. No, actually, I got I two guns. Oh. I guess there is a chance that he could just say fuck you to everybody after two strikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it feels like this is going to be the one, right? Everybody has faith. I mean, he's he's coming. He, he came out with a statement today apologizing, taking ownership of, of the situation and how he, he feels like before. he let yeah, Adam Silver, the league, the Grizzlies, everyone down, his sponsors, That's like you said, did. Powerade. Nike came out with a statement. Nike is standing by him for now. Um, so you, you have that playing a factor, but I, I think just overall, you look at the incidents that, that have happened over the last year or so, uh, there, there was an incident, uh, with a high school prospect in Memphis where there's a physical altercation where there are lawsuits there on both sides. There was an incident at a mall, uh, with John Morant and his family. There was an incident, uh, in, in, at the Pacers arena, uh, with a laser that was apparently pointed by someone around Josh circle. No one, there was no, no investigation showed that John Morant did anything wrong there, but, it was an incident that the NBA looked into. He's around it. Um, Put a beam on him. And He's then the Denver it. situation happens. Then this situation. And this incident that happened on May 13th, this literally happened in broad daylight. Like this was going on in the middle of the day, what it looked like. Um, like it, it's it's one of these things where I think everyone wishes it could have been avoided, right? Like that's what you hope. And um, I think, yeah, I think the fact that this happened twice initiative more than words i think is going to be is what's going to rule the day all right well last question because we know you don't have a lot of time and we appreciate you joining us on this incredibly heavy news friday you know friday news dump almost it does feel like a little bit of but there's been news coming out of one camp that obviously is alarming us and we hope everything gets worked out ty has a question for you Shams, it's been a hell of a couple weeks, maybe month here for for Zion from the, you know, having a baby to all the extracurricular sucky sucky and all the stuff that's going on there. And then now apparently he might be getting traded. Uh, People are calling for that. Is there a chance that we're going to see Zion not in New Orleans next year? What the hell is going on? Okay, so I'll I'll just break it down like this. I, I, to my knowledge, the Pelicans haven't called the Charlotte Hornets and said, hey, do you want to do Zion Williamson for the number two pick? But 
what I think has been relayed to, to number two, which the Pelicans, and I reported this earlier this week, they want Scoot Henderson. They want to move up in this draft. They have the number 14th pick. There's a player named Scoot Henderson. He played for the last two years for the G League Ignite. He did not go to college. He left uh, in high school to go play professionally for the NBA's G League uh, elite team. And he's he's going to be a, a potential franchise guard, a guy that we're going to be talking about for years to come. This guy is athletic. Um, he's, he's, his body is built like he can, he could have played last year in the NBA. Uh, this guy can jump. He's got good vision shooting, definitely something that he's continuing to work on. Um, but there's a lot of belief around the league and around the Pelicans that this guy can be a franchise point guard, that he has the makeup. He can, he can, he can tone set for us. He's a culture builder. So they want to go get him. So just realistically, when you look at it, the only way you're going to go get a guy like that is if you're going to have to give up someone like Zion Williamson. So I'm just saying, you know, you, 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 if you're trying to go get him, you have to give something up that makes sense. Um, but what I have heard is I don't know if the Hornets would want Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. I think who the Hornets want from what I'm told is Brandon Ingram. And so the Ooh, Pelicans, the draft That's is less than a week away. Yeah. The, last, yeah. the, the draft is less than a week away. And yes. we'll see if the Pelicans get to the point as an organization where do we move either Brandon Ingram oh, yeah. or, or Zion Williamson. I think that is the big question. Going into next week. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Brandon Ingram who, when I saw him down in the Smoothie King Center in the blender, yep. I thought to myself, that guy's higher than me right now. I like that guy. Yeah, yep. 100% yep. he was. And he was absolute dog on the court. Mm-hmm. Respected, appreciated. Yes. That team has CJ. They got Brandon Ingram. Yep. They got Zion, obviously. They never choose to play him. And if they bring in Scoot, they probably think that they're on. Uh, they're well on their way. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. So hold yeah. on, though. Hold on, Shams. They think Scoot can be this guy that can do all these things, and I guess it's because he's in better shape than Zion. But didn't they fucking think Zion was going to do all these things? And then now it's like, is Zion going to be? Is yeah, Zion, what is going to happen here? You know, what, Shams, you know this better than me. You know the NBA much better than I do. Since you've been tweeting about your excitement for lunch, you've been studying the NBA. Since you've had, you know, alarm clock set to drink water so you can stay more hydrated, right. you've been studying right. the NBA. Since you've been putting forks into oatmeal, forks and, forks yogurt, in my oatmeal. Yeah. and yogurt and everything yeah. like that, you've been studying the NBA. Right. This is like your passion. Zion, there's a chance Zion just is never a player. Is that that's not real, right? That can't. And Charlotte, if it is Charlotte, Michael Jordan just sold the team, made a couple billion dollars. Who's running that? Are they on TV ever, or is Zion going to another place that's never on television? Hmm. Well, Lamelo Ball, Zion Williamson would be amazing TV. By the way, I mean, I, yeah. I think a lot of people in Charlotte. I mean, if you're trying to sell tickets, that's the way to do it. So who knows? Maybe push comes to shove. Right now, I think the Hornets. It would take a guy like Brandon Ingram to go get. Uh, uh, someone, someone like um, the number two overall pick, which could be Scoot Henderson, could be Brandon Miller as well. Um, but I, I think right now the thing with the Pelicans is, is this is a team last year that when, when Zion Williamson was on the court, they got off to a fast start. They were competing for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Then he gets, gets hurt, um, and their season really goes off the rails. And I think when you look at the last few years, the concern has to be there. Can Zion Williamson – stay consistently healthy can you be there on the floor for us and i think that's what this organization um you have to keep in mind as you go into next week as you try to roster build you can't keep anything out of the equation if this if that was was healthy last year we're not talking about any of this yeah and so i think a lot of this revolves around the fact of production and being on the floor for sure yeah and i think there's a chance now 
some distractions have been eliminated off the court. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Now, baby's going to be tough. That's not easy yeah. being mm-hmm. a dad. But I think now we're going to congrats see- to Zion, by the way, for for for, for the for you know new new child in his life. Yep. Well, goes safe. There's a lot of roads, you know. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to him. Now, that announcement. Pat, you just became a dad too. What, what's the biggest piece of advice you give Zion right now? You're going to be exhausted. Yep. That's going to. He's going to be tired, which leads to eating. Oh, oh no. Jesus Christ. Oh, I'll tell you what. That's the biggest thing. Like, just I didn't do any research going in. Kind of, kind of went in blind. You know. I, w- I would think you should do some research too. Like that's something I, I wish I would have done. I don't know if you would have been able to learn it all. But boy, it is exhausting, John. I don't know. You know, like my wife is obviously kicking so, so, so much ass. Those, shout out to Sam. Shout, shout out, out to, to Sam. Sam. Those first three weeks, though, I don't think they could really prepare you for. I, you know what I mean? Like the first month, I don't know. So Zion's going to be in there. And I don't know when the due date is, if it's during the season. I don't even know how that would work in the NBA, especially with how much they're on the road and everything like that. But it does seem like there's some other stuff maybe getting eliminated from his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's never going to fucking play. That's what all. That's all I heard. You just all right. Let's get uh, Shams out of here so your negativity doesn't radiate through the phone on this feel good Friday to this handsome man. We appreciate the hell out of you, Shams. Congrats on the big break, news break. Pat, appreciate y'all. Thank you. You're the man, ladies and gentlemen. Shams, yeah, Shamsy. How about it? Good run, Zion. That was a good 29 games. We got to see. He he was awesome. We'll always always have those. He played like 24 the year before. No, dude. As soon as the kid comes in, he's going to see something that's much bigger than him, even though it's much smaller than him, Mm -hmm. and he's going to start dialing it in. Oh, okay. I mean, it's true. Standard baby, much smaller than an adult. You're right. He's three bills. He does a, you know. He's going to. There's. No, he's drinking. I've been publicly body shamed numerous times by a lot of people, Mm -hmm. including friends. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. And it does motivate me a little bit. Every once in a while, I'm like, all right, too fat. Got to get thin. This sucks. Got to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not only me seeing me, but also, like, you start hearing the chirping a little bit. Yeah. And it kind of motivates you to do stuff. I don't think food is the only thing. I think there's, like, you know, when you talk about how performance is, you hear people talk shit, you want to prove, fuck these people. Mm-hmm. They've been talking about Zion's weight for a long time, and he just has looked them right in the face and said, yeah, keep talking. And mm-hmm. just hasn't even thought about completely changing how he does anything. He's stacking yeah. actual Lay's chips on his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be 30 <laughs> times the size. That's pretty good, Tony. Baked, baked, baked Lay's. Baked, baked, baked. No, those, those can't stack. Like LeBron James Bagels. used to be, you can transform your body. LeBron James used yeah. to be a yeah. hoss, dude. Mm-hmm. People forget that now because they see him. He just, so that he could play at the level he had to play and how he wanted to play, yeah. he slimmed down, completely changed everything. You can do that. And the fact that Zion has proven and chosen not to do that thus far, I think is an interesting thing about the trait and of his makeup. But maybe he, if he was to get traded, that'd be the first time he's ever been told, hey, we don't want you or mm-hmm. anything on that. Yeah. You know, and I guess maybe that'll help. But I, I, we all hope that he fucking figures yeah. it out. It's, it's hard to both. want to find that motivation when you're just drowning in big, wet butts all the time. Well, yeah, to Ty's point with like LeBron, paid. how many times did we see LeBron getting extra sucky sucky? I don't think there were many. He There's was, rumors all the time, but yeah. him and his wife have been like mm-hmm. very, very together for a very long time. Yeah. That's another thing about LeBron never gets talked about. Like In the era of knowing everything about everybody and canceling people and viewing people differently because of decisions, like 
There's a couple dumb things LeBron has done. I don't, I'm not sure. saying there isn't. But nothing like. But mostly, he has been able to kind of get through life here. Yeah. Which could not have been easy for him. He was handed the world whenever he was 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think the bigger issue with Zion, too, is like you've had a guy like Barkley, who is basically like he was Zion when he came into the league. You know, like he's not a power forward. He's not a seven-footer. But he's he was like Chuck was the first one to say, like, I was way overweight. I was way out of shape. And then it took like vets to tell me like, hey, like you're, you got to fucking lose weight. Otherwise, like you're not going to be worth a shit. It doesn't matter that you got drafted fifth overall. And Chuck has like kind of told Zion, like, like, believe me, I know from experience, you got to lose weight. You got to be out there. And like, you'd think hearing that from a hall of famer, a guy who knows would maybe be like, oh shit, like maybe I should listen to this guy. He actually knows what he's talking about, but yeah, but he goes over to Charlotte though. It'll all get figured out. How him saying a lot of rumors of Zion going, you think that's a Charlotte Charlotte's. Yeah. So let me get this straight. We're going to give up. Scoot for guy we don't know if he's gonna play. Uh, how about the guy? Yeah. Right? We like yeah, yeah. Right. we want Dunk. the other. That's guy. crazy. I've mm-hmm. not heard that on the internet at all. Yeah, he's been a you know all star a few times. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's f- so good. He'd be unbelievable he, with Flamelo. He's a six ten, six eleven. He's who huge. Can handle and shoot. Yeah. Yeah, and he. I don't know how what their drug testing policy is. NBA doesn't. I think maybe he just had a couple too many Gatorades. Could have uh, been. NBA. He was test. so fucking high when I it appeared. Yeah. I'm like, I love this guy. Damn, give him the ball. Yeah, they took it off. They don't test for it anymore. Good for that. For some merches? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh I thought good. that was it. Yeah, that was a nice mortar. I didn't know, you know. We're getting a little bit more stronger. He's right on mm-hmm. the a lot of working out these days. Yeah, more properly, Josh. I'm trying to like prepare more for fall than I did last year. Last year I had to do full crash diet. Oh my God, mm-hmm. just not eat for a few weeks. Now I'm trying to get a, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more of an incremental, healthier process. This is maturity. Right. That's right. Give yourself a longer runway. That's right. Yeah, start this is me do. thinking about the future because I have a baby. Like, let's let's survive. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Right. Let's live. Let's thrive. We don't know when this world is going to end for any of us. Nope. No. We might as well enjoy it. Exactly. Especially with the seismic activity at Yellowstone. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Keep that out of your conscience. Don't worry about that because there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. If there's nothing you can do about it, why are you worrying about it? Exactly. Stop wasting energy. Let's move on. But with that being said, let's also know that that's a potential reality. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we decide to be in whatever attitude we're doing for whatever we're possibly doing. Mm -hmm. Stay positive. Let's enjoy this thing. Mother alien ships the size of football fields. Cash. How about that thing? Allegedly just got loaded up in yeah, a few miles an hour. Unless you want to watch 2012 starring John Cusack this weekend, which is about the Yellowstone volcano erupting. That's the only way to prepare. Mm-hmm. And Woody Harrelson. So what do we do? We're digging? Hmm? No, we have to go to the mountains. He was actually a limo driver, sweet limo driver. <laughs> Getting these boats. No, but the boats are, remember, we talked about it. If that, that thing explodes, the boats are going to guess because the other side's going to have it. Yeah, they have to fly all the way to the Himalayas. They actually built these huge fucking sweet arcs. Huge arcs. Like Noah? Yeah. Even they lived, better. They lived in them for like a year, and then once the fucking nuclear winter cleared up, they came out, and they had to rebuild civilization. Could you imagine the savagery in a boat for a year? Oh, oh man. Oh, my God. People would lose it. I mean, I understand, like, the Navy does that. Like, right now, there's somebody yeah. who's potentially listening to us who's on a submarine, and this is like four weeks from now. Yeah. Because they have no service right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So they'll have to catch up, like, once they get back onto land or near internet, and they download it all, and then they're back at the bottom of the fucking ocean for yep. six months, seven months, whatever it is. Yep. Not everybody's cut out to do that. No, no not, not at all. Not everybody's cut out to do that. Very no. specific human. Shout out to those humans. Yeah. yeah. Need them. And right now, it's June 16th. Whenever one of you hears this, 
where you just put a tweet out like, hey, yep. we were listening to the June 16th episode where you gave us a shout out for being at the bottom of a fucking ocean yep. in a sitting target pretty much mm-hmm. yep. with no service, no space, and really no comfort at all. No. Mm-hmm. The food's so bad. So bad. Mush. Food has to be worse than it normally is because down here, not only does it have to stay, you know, non-expired, but it has to stay good for six months because we have no human contact. Freeze drag. People are doing that right now. Oh, yeah. We love them. Thank you. Thank you to them. That's one. That fucking ball wouldn't even go in for the Navy. It wouldn't. What's that all about for the semen out there? Yeah. Good question. B- balls don't like semen, huh? What's that all about? Mm. How about our meat smoking balls combo are always, Balls are always trying to get rid of semen. They are. That's their purpose, right? Yeah, but they're but also creating. Yeah, yeah exactly. The balls are also trying to help semen get in the hole. But here we are. Unless they get blue. Can't even make it. Well, they do get teased and tempted. Maybe so. How about that? Let's let's know. But like, let's to get off the balls yeah. in semen conversation sure. because we're talking about obviously Navy. Right. That meat smoking conversation yesterday is one of our finest. Yeah, I think that was awesome. Watched that a few times, numerous times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, laughed every single time. Yep, we're a fifth grade show there. That's that, not. I mean, I don't want to say that's not normal for us, but that was in the middle of the moment, thinking to myself, "Yeah, like we're children." Yeah, yeah. dying. And boy, I enjoyed it. It was very mm-hmm. me too. It was a good week this week. It was great week. Love this week. Yeah, love this week. I mean, same, same exact same ball as the last one. Same spot. Will yeah. this goddamn thing go in? There's one more ball. There's one more ball. They don't like this week? I ball? guess not. Yeah, AJ it, made a noise yesterday that I had never heard him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Bill? Where no, no, Bill? no. All good, Bill. All good. All right, Bill. Right, there it is. Yep, there it is. Boom! Let's go. Come on. Ten merches. To 10 people who retweet this video and say something nice to somebody on this glorious Feel Good Friday. Let's have an incredible weekend. Boys, thank you all so much for your hard work. Yeah, yeah. Back. Great week, we absolutely great. crushed it. To all the guests that stopped by and had conversations with us, we are eternally grateful. To all the callers on the 5 Energy phone line, thank you. And to the people that allow us to do this every single day, that watch and follow along and post and retweet and everything. You're the fucking greatest humans of all time. We are eternally debted, indebted to you. Uh, we'll see you on Monday, though. we got some good shit to talk about. A major is going to wrap yep. up this weekend. Woo. There's some other other stuff popping off that I'm sure we'll cover and we can't thank you enough. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. Might change their entire life. Goodbye.